Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Welcome to Over Under Fair. I am so excited, you guys. Uh, I am Dave Roldan. I have been selected by Don Corneo to host today. I was the lucky winner. He looks great and dragged. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If Don Corneo's running this, I don't think I want to be on the show. Before we get to those voices that I haven't introduced, piloting the high wind today, Captain Roger, how are you? I'm doing well. My Final Fantasy Seven experience is from 1995 on, so it goes from 1997, 97, sorry, 97 to 98. So this time I'm going to watch with my big sword and <laughs> a Pokachu or whatever those things are called. A Chocobo. Chocobo. I'm going you know, to sit back. Real Final Fantasy had yes. Roger Castillo. Bastard yeah. son of Pikachu and a Chocobo. Yeah, that's what's going to happen, and then I'll talk about my experience with Final Fantasy 3 some other day. Okay, yeah. Uh, so quietly... As- Quite as the captain, the yeah, as the captain of the high wind, you have more than one responsibility today. So you will be Roger will probably be off a bit uh, doing doing captain things. But I have brought in <laughs> I have brought in a panel of experts. You know, if any of us can call ourselves experts, I definitely trust the two of you. Um, we coax him out of his basement coffin with the promise of a new cape. It's Josh Mathis. What's going on? <laughs> Welcome back, man. I don't, I don't have a basement anymore, man. <laughs> well, you still have a coffin, though. Yes. <laughs> How are you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, I am very well. It's been a while. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this episode for a long time. <laughs> yes, you have. I. Uh, <laughs> if anybody listened to our last episode and recalled, I mentioned at the end of it that I had messed up the scheduling and it was totally my fault. And we were supposed to record this then, but we didn't. And that's okay. Now we're here. We get our do over. Welcome back to the show. Josh, you've also been on. You did the alien episode with us for past listeners would recognize alien, your voice. Batman, some other stuff. Yeah. So Josh, Josh is a, a recognizable voice in the OF, you can, or UF canon. So we're glad to have you back. Speaking of an episode you were on, returning host also uh, from the Game of Thrones episode way back and forever ago. Uh, we found her in a forest outside of Junin. And now she's stolen our materia. It's Jessica Grabsky, Roldan. Hello. Hi. You've also stolen my heart. It's my, it's my wife, everybody. We're yeah. 
how are I you? Hope so. Yeah, right? I am well as well. Really excited to talk about Final Fantasy and really in a pretty good mood because a whole decade of dreams are coming true in April, right? <laughs> yeah, a decade, two decades of yeah. dreams. Oh, it's been a long yeah. time. I mean, really a decade proper, but yeah, like nearly two decades of dreams. We should actually, we'll start our conversation with that. before If it, if it hasn't become clear to you, we are talking about Final Fantasy VII, the incredibly influential and important and beloved game for the Sony PlayStation, come out all the way back in 1997. You may know, if you do not, but you may know that there is a big budget, fancy schmancy remake of this game coming out for the PlayStation 4 within next month. So April, I forgot the date, but April 10th, I think. Longtime fans of the game will know and probably are with us in that you have been waiting for this for a very long time. As Jess had alluded to, 2000, a decade plus now, 2005, they had a, a demo upgrade of the PS3 graphics for the opening of the game with just Eris in the street and, you know, the train swooping around the city and stuff. It was glorious. And since then, people have been clamoring for a remake. That was that was in the PS3 generation. It never happened. And now, 10 plus years on, 15 years later, we're in 2020 in a, a whole new console generation, and they finally said it's coming. We did kind of get a remaster, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't <clears throat> like this. No, it was the it was an upgraded performing game, but nothing changed. Like, there were no graphic, real changes, no story changes. It was just the same game, but, you know, a little prettier. And um, I am so excited. <laughs> I've, I've been talking about this. I don't remember if it was before or after that remake uh, trailer came out, but it's been a really long time when I was like, they should just do a shot for shot remake of this game because it's perfect. And they, all they just need to do is update the graphics. And here it is. And they're giving you more. Exactly. Like they're, they're, exactly. they're upgrading everything. The story got retooled and the combat system is different. So they've made a whole new game, really. A lot, a lot I of mean, stuff is more fleshed out. I mean, this so we're, we're, we're speculating on some of this. The story the game... might even make sense some of the time. <laughs> it's going to be so Great. The excitement level is high for the remake. Before we get into the brass tacks of the old game, we've all played the new demo. There is a demo available for the new for the new game on the PlayStation 4. What were your initial impressions on the demo? Did you guys enjoy it? I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought it was really fun. I like the new battle system a lot. I like slashing at things mindlessly, so that really goes. <laughs> That's good for me. I didn't like the camera control, which confused me a little bit, but I am not also, I'm also not a person who has played a lot of newer games, so sure. like that might be easy for other people to figure out and maybe hard for me, but I really, really liked it. I liked it a lot as well. Um, I'm not as keen on the controls. I don't like to have to think a lot when I play video <laughs> games, and... That's kind of what I felt like with this one. Even uh, you can switch it to the classic mode where most of the battle just kind of auto plays like a cinematic, but you still have to switch between your characters and handle all your other skills that way. And it's just a lot. It was very, very, I don't like to use the word messy, but there's just a lot of business going on. And I didn't much care for that. In comparing it to how the game originally played, which required, I mean, if we're being fair, a lot less of that, a lot less interaction. It was kind of button pressing. Right. Forcing you to do things you would do in a normal video game in Final Fantasy VII, a modern video game in Final Fantasy VII was jarring at first, like toggling character to character and, you know, sending sub commands to people that they would then do without you actually controlling them. And it was like, it was novel, but it was difficult for me to wrap my head around initially until I remembered like, this is what games do now. Like this, yeah. is, <clears throat> this is just kind of how you play video games, and, and I'm I'm being a stickler about it. My thing is, is that's kind of why I don't play 
very yeah. video games anymore. It's like, and it's also why I avoided a lot of other uh, JRPGs is because there was just a lot of business going on. And that's the same with this one. It, I, it's not going to affect me playing the game. I'm going to play the game. Obviously yeah. it was something that kind of detracted a little bit for me. Uh, everything else I was a huge fan of. I kind of am on the fence about the animation style seems more anime style than CGI style, like Advent children sure. and stuff like that. And I haven't quite decided if I like that more or less, but it's very different. It's cool, you know. I, I I'm on the fence about it. Uh, one thing I don't like though is Barrett's interpretive dance every time he's talking. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you guys noticed, but he, I did he, not know. I can honestly talks, say I did not. He talks with his whole body. Like it's not like you know Barrett is a very passionate yeah, man. Right? I it's think not that like the stereotype from the old game. You know, he was always <laughs> waving his arms around. Right. And Planet's dying. It's not like yeah. the stereotype of uh, you know how like Italians talk with their hands. He talks with his whole body. Maybe he's Italian. <laughs> I think this is an important characteristic, and we shouldn't overlook it. I think that's fair. And it's, you know, maybe not wrong. I suppose that's in the eye of the beholder. I think or... if they had kept the battle system similar to what it would have been, it would have been really boring. Even the battle system in the game, by the end of it, you know, you're not really looking at the screen when you're hitting those buttons. God, like, no. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're, you know, doing your final battle or weapon or something, that that wouldn't stand up. Yeah, you're days. you're just hitting slash all, and that's yeah. pretty much it. And I, <laughs> just... I, you know, I guess you guys didn't play Secret of Mana because I love I like live battling. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. We'll get to your your history with the with these sorts of games in a minute here. Okay, so yeah, we've talked about the demo. Our excitement is clearly very high because clearly we love this game. So I guess I normally start the episode by asking you over under fair Final Fantasy VII. I, I will ask you this, although I feel like it's a matter of course. If we're stating the baseline is that this game is often considered the greatest game ever made, but we're just going to set that there. It's at least on the table that this game is one of the best games ever made. Overrated, underrated, or fairly rated Final Fantasy VII? It is fairly rated. I don't think it can be overrated. It is almost perfect. I would answer any criticisms that are thrown at it. I've played it many, many times since it came out. It basically ruined me for other games. I don't really play <laughs> play other video games anymore. Just this and then the remake of this. I, you know, I played games before it and I haven't really played many after. So oh we'll, we'll call it that. Yeah. Would you, extreme case. would you say this is your favorite game ever made then? Is that fair? I think that would probably be pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. There's other games I've replayed and, you know, other than uh, Super Mario World or something like that. Yeah, I think so. I think when we're talking about the impact that it's had, it's definitely fairly rated. I have played games that I've liked more, but they, in my opinion, weren't as influential. They didn't have mu as much of an impact. That was just more personal enjoyment. So I'd say it's fair, definitely fairly rated. I, I'll co-sign that. It's difficult to try to find a way to underrate it because I, I would want to if I could, but I don't think you can. No. Um, it's fairly rated, and it is also probably my favorite game ever made. I am not particularly, I'm not particularly gamey now. Gamey. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, I'm a little, I'm past my date. Uh, I'm not much of a gamer anymore. I still dabble. Uh, I do play a lot of fighting games, and that's still something I do. Full immersive. This game is going to take hours away from every day that I live. Uh, not as much. Uh, I kind of kind of just lost the time to do that, kind of lost the drive to do that. For some reason, and 
I it's only been God like only knows why times for me in the last ten years where I've gotten that involved in a video game. Yeah, for some reason, and I'm not sure how or why, I have no problem slipping back into this game for a month and a half at a time throughout the time that I have lived. It's been 23 years now, 22 really, since this game was released. I'm willing to bet I've spent a calendar year of my life in actual hours playing Final Fantasy VII. I believe it. It's not improbable. I like, mean, the timer stops after 99 hours. So yeah, so, yeah, you know? it's hard to say. I think this game is a masterpiece. We will get into some of the things that we love about it as we go forward. But just as it's as we come from the onset here, I would echo Jess's sentiment. I think it's nearly perfect. I can't speak enough to the impact this game had on me as a youth and the continued love that i have had for it ever since it came out and the replayability and all this stuff like there's again we'll we'll talk a bit more on this as we continue but just from the onset we all love this game there's a reason we all wanted to talk about it because it is so important to us so with that in mind fairly rated so uh, yeah fairs across the board that's kind of where i thought we were i didn't i didn't think anyone was going to say overrated (laughs) i just felt like in this room that wasn't going to happen so starting with fair since we're all since we're all airing towards that we can start with the fair, and uh, I kind of feel like for this, the fair is just going to be kind of the facts. Uh, this game, Final Fantasy VII, was released on the PlayStation system uh, a day before my birthday, nineteen ninety-seven, September seventh. It was it was a cool time to be alive. <laughs> nineteen ninety-seven was a huge year for games, which I will touch on later. But this game came out in you know the fall, and I got it for Christmas that year. We'll start with that. What was your first experience with this game? How did you come to play it, and kind of what were the circumstances under which you found yourself with it? Josh, we'll start with you. Uh, it's all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my first experience with this game probably didn't come till maybe a couple years later because I was completely unfamiliar with it until you and I had started hanging out more, and you had been in your room and the basement of your old house playing it one day and i was just kind of tooling around watching you felt bad and you know we're like you want to play something else so we can both play and i'm like nah man i'm interested in this and it kind of went from there uh i eventually borrowed the game from you borrowed the strategy guide from you and that was all she wrote and here we are now (laughs) 20 years later what uh what do you remember about playing the game the first time what was what was it about the game that initially got you really into it so before final fantasy 7 i did not have pretty much any experience with any major rpg games you know beyond maybe legend of zelda even then i didn't play a lot of video games because you know poor boys poor and (laughs) sure uh i never really had many you know i would get a console i'd get a game and i'd probably if i'm lucky get a game a year after that you know, like maybe every Christmas. So I didn't do a whole lot of that. And Final Fantasy VII was my first experience of seeing like a real complex game and story all wrapped into one and pulled me in. You know, it, it just it sucked me in. And that was that was it. And I think I'm also an anomaly where I enjoy grindy games. Oh, some people do. Some yeah. people really do. And and that's totally me. Like, I can sit there and just start grinding in that game and not get bored for a long time. I put on some music, whatever, and it's cathartic. You know, it just it's therapeutic. Uh, And that was another thing I think that really roped me into that game. 
I will say that uh, to Jess's point earlier about the time hitting a hitting a limit at 99, 99, 99. I had never seen that number until I got that stuff back from you. And I had a memory card and you had a save on it. And it's like, oh, this is Josh's game. And the time was maxed out. It was the first time I had ever seen that. The timer all the way hit up because I had never even gotten to 99 all the way across. (laughs) I think I hit 72 and that was like the highest I ever allowed myself to get. That's crazy. I maxed out every game I ever played. I'm pretty sure. Do you just not do the side quests? No, I I just don't level as much. I don't need to. I'm that good. Uh I can get stuff done without taking forever to do it. I mean. Some people would probably be mad at me if they knew that I wasn't, like, mastering all of my materia to get it to everybody else. But, you know, I got other stuff to do. You gotta <laughs> like, master those alls, and then you one, can sell them and buy the beach house. Well, the alls I could master. It's like, I'm not going to master Knights of the Round. That takes, like, your whole life. Oh, well, yeah. Nobody does <laughs> I think that. I did. Yeah, that's what well, I'm saying. It, it, it takes that. you that time to do that, because you're supposed to, to get another one. Right. <laughs> We're getting a little too I deep think into the, it. But. The, only, the only milestone I think I never achieved playing final fantasy seven is i never got all the enemy skills oh really okay because i didn't really ever use the enemy skill oh god i use so many of those i just like collecting them like even if they're not useful i just like them oh god i I don't know that i've ever collected all but i have definitely i work at it i have i've definitely done that and i definitely use them big guard are you kidding me Yeah, there are a few that are really useful i never really used it until i had actually had this conversation with you but probably a few years back now and you were extolling the virtues of <laughs> that enemy skill. skill yeah man they're great um, because i actually didn't use a lot of the materials really um i was mainly just a hack and slash <laughs> i just i just hit fight <laughs> pretty much yeah um, some of the more obscure ones i still don't really know what they do right and <laughs> morph I, or maybe not morph i forget the one that i um well, you don't use morph a lot but you use yeah. morph to to get a bunch there's of there's one or two that I just never knew really what right. they did and just never use them. Yeah. And I had that conversation with you and you like run ran down a bunch of cool things you could do with the materia and that's kind of when I learned about big guard and Yeah, man. And some enemy, of the enemy skills are valuable. If you get them early, like if you can grab beta early, like that's super useful for a while. It's not yeah. useful the whole game, yeah, absolutely. but Absolutely. So, Jess. Anyway. Uh same same to you as as we get all animated about the nerdier points of this game. What uh what was your experience with this game like initially? Well, I also got the game for Christmas. Um it was bundled with a PlayStation in 1997 oh, and it truly was truly the greatest gift. It truly was and it was explicitly stated that this PlayStation was for my older brother and myself and that I was allowed to play it <laughs> even though it was clearly a gift for my older brother. <laughs> my Super Nintendo was the same way when yeah. we got that. Well, this is for everyone. Right? Wink wink. Like okay. But you know what? I played it. My older brother is a gamer. Gamer. Like yeah, he is he's, intense. He's pretty hardcore. He owns a Super Famicom and still <laughs> plays it, I'm pretty sure. So um, we both played the game kind of at the same time, but he was kind of in the lead with it. And I loved it. I had some experience playing RPGs, I guess, more than any of you guys. Because um, I played, I know I played Link to the Past and Secret of Mana and Earthbound. And I think probably some of Final Fantasy 3 slash 6, but I don't really remember it very well. Yeah. um, Because I was very young. But yeah, I was just blown away by it. I thought it was beautiful. I thought the gameplay was super just engrossing. Like those cut scenes would just like blow your mind. Oh, God. And like the first time you did a summon and you're like, holy crap, it's so cool. (laughs) You know, so anybody who's complaining about who complains about like the polygons, like 
I just think that's ridiculous. Oh, man. Uh, you have to get over it. <laughs> you're just attacking these people. I, I'm going to give you your, your arena for this, but oh. you're just getting in it. You're ready. Sorry. You're ready yeah. to take on so those people right now. I was really excited, and I loved playing it the first time, and I remember just being so blown away by different parts of it, you know, that we'll get into, I'm sure. But, yeah, loved it from the very beginning. What, uh, I guess, okay, so, you know, obviously, Sam, <laughs> what... What is it about this game that keeps us replaying it? Because we've been replaying the same game for 20 years, all three of us. Why do we do this? <laughs> what What is it about this game that makes you want to play it again? I think it's that the narrative is so good. I understand that sometimes the translation is bad and sometimes it doesn't make sense. But it it is so engrossing. And I think especially with the cutscenes in there, you're watching these in 1997. You've never seen anything like that in a video game before. It is so cool. It's it has stakes, you know. Stuff happens. Yeah, it feels. It does feel like I, a game. I don't know why I'm happens. shying away from spoilers. But a character actually dies, and she doesn't have another guy. She can't come back. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's gone. So it's like, you know, there the the story throughout the game is just so good. And I mean, gameplay adds to it, obviously, and graphics add to it. But there is so much good, so much good narrative in the story. And I think what's cool too, kind of piggybacking off of what she was talking about with character death is on your first playthrough. If the game hasn't already been spoiled for you and you don't know that that character Let, dies, we'll just take a stop here to say, if you haven't played it, you've probably still heard about it. If you've ever known anything about this game, a major character death happens, you know, partially through the game. And it is pretty much the pivot of the entire story that moves around it. And it's phenomenal. So yeah. continue. And you spend the rest of the game expecting her to come back and sure. wondering yeah, why that's she what has should it. happen in a video game right right yeah. exactly and not only that it happens kind of not like super early in the game but early enough that you probably haven't mastered all of her stuff yet well. so you're left wondering <laughs> well, well maybe yeah, uh, we we've done it eventually because you know, oh Brian, not eventually Eris was in my party from jump and it's until she's gone she was never out of the party she's one same, of my favorite characters same here but i didn't i didn't master all of her stuff oh on yeah first i did every time because i didn't start grinding until after okay yeah on my first playthrough but that's it like on your first playthrough when you're not expecting it you just you're wondering the rest of the game well she's got to come back she still had stuff to learn and right. I didn't it's get just... there. I mean, obviously, she has to come back. They didn't give you enough time to master the character. Yeah, it's just, it's nope. not how those games are supposed to work, and they kind of upset the formula. And it was it's very shocking. It's and not it's, uh, it's not dramatic. super linear. Yeah, know? I'm actually glad you brought that up because it's uh it's actually really integral to the game's original concept. So uh, the game was as the earliest stages were set out in like 1994, right? Because this was initially going to be for the next Nintendo console as the developer Squaresoft, now Square Enix, but then Squaresoft was kind of exclusively a Nintendo company, like their software released on Super Nintendo and the Nintendo before it. So this game is, as the number would indicate, the seventh in a series, but America only got four of three of them. We got one and two for the Nintendo and then three, which was actually six, because parts four and five happened in Japan. We had no part of that. They would eventually come over here as PlayStation releases after the success of Final Fantasy VII, but right. that's not for us to talk about. So six would have been like the first, I think, the big exposure to this game that a lot of people had because it was Final Fantasy three on the Super Nintendo. And then this game starts kind of after that, a couple of years later. Uh, the the whole story changed um, during development. It was originally going to be like there was an eco terrorist group, 
and they were being pursued by like a detective. It was like a detective story, but the one of the artists and developers, uh, Tetsuo Nomura's mother died during the production of the game, and it was very sudden and very damaging for him. And as as a level of like a certain amount of catharsis, he suggested putting a major character death into the game that was a irreversible and b unexpected because that's how death is like that's effectively what he was trying to illustrate right and the entire the entirety of the game shifted its focus from a story about a a group of just like in the game actually a group of eco-terrorists and their war against the system into a group of eco-terrorists but individually one person's struggle with their past and their future and then their interpersonal relationship with a character that will then die like it's it's really heavy in examining like what the dude worked through to put into the game but what a wonderful way to to eloquate that like i i think the game really pays it off in a way that is so beautiful that it's it's hard to imagine how this game would have been different had that not happened so it's i don't know i just thought that was an interesting part of the development yeah just that's that's so true and you can really see it in the way it comes out the whole game is kind of you know, elegiac, and it's got this more adult feel to it than any other game that I had pr- played prior. I mean, oh, video totally. games were for kids. This was rated teen, I think, when yeah. it came out. Yeah. And so, yeah, it definitely had an older feel to it, a more more of a depth to it than other. I'm sure games since have you know worked on that. Oh man, but, yeah, you know, lots. <laughs> yeah, but but this was the first time, time a lot of yeah. us. Yeah, like this was the first time. And this is, I think, part of what we're talking about in the fair. I think it's fair to say this was the first exposure of a a proper video game to a lot of people, like a an in-depth, we'll just call it an RPG. Like, as far as the West is concerned, uh, apparently Jess notwithstanding, who had a whole lot of experience under her belt, a lot of us was the first time we played a proper RPG, like right. of in-depth, fully fleshed out, multiple character lots of stuff to manage role-playing game prior to that it was just you know platformers and fighting games yeah same and, and maybe sports games depending on what you were into but oh yeah i never lots of madden that. and lots of nhl i had played some of the super nintendo stuff like i i never finished earthbound but i had played it a little bit i've still never finished link to the past i think i've started that game about 800 times and never played all the way through it to be fair this was probably not the first but it was an early game where i was old enough to finish it properly and to play through and understand it all. I mean, when I played Link to the Past, I was mostly slashing grass and chasing chickens. Like, <laughs> I was young. And that's, you know, what I thought the fun part of the game was. So I mean, I, it is. That is yeah. the fun part of And the Secret game. of Mana is a little bit more precursor to this. It has kind of a, a down storyline. And it's, you know, a little more sophisticated. But still, it's made for kids. Like, you can tell. And Earthbound is also just weird. So Earthbound is just weird. <laughs> it's but just the, weird. In a way that is good though. Like you it is that was another kind of way to we're not talking about Earthbound, but to yeah, digress slightly. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's important because that is that was the first time I was exposed to the concept that a game didn't have to be like just a linear story about like guy has quest, guy does this, guy saves thing. It could be stranger. It could have an intangible element of humor to it. It could it could do a lot more stuff. And that was came, you know, full circle when I played Final Fantasy seven and laughed like I, I had there was humor in this game. There was pathos in this game. There was all of the emotions you could have in this game. And it was the first time I had ever experienced that in a yeah. video game. And that is I think for I think it, it holds true for a lot of people, which is why this game is so beloved. Like we're 
we're all of an, a generation now that is like reaching their 40s and to think of the time when we were playing this game is like comforting to remember oh, yeah, all of those things. There is definitely you know? a nostalgia element to it. I mean, oh, sure, I don't well. think any of us can deny that. <laughs> but that's I, fine. I don't think anyone's trying. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it is fair to say that this game is then like iconic. Right. And a, oh, yeah. a giant part of that is the characters. Like, well, let's just talk about the people in this game and why we love them. Uh, <laughs> why we hate them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's possible, too. Uh, so slight digression. I'm going to leave it up to whoever decides to talk about this, how you want to pronounce these names. So there's there was a very notable localization issue with this game coming to America. There are some misspeak. There's like some broken grammar and a bit of misspellings for in places through the game. Uh, some of the more famous ones like the this this man are sick like kind of things. <laughs> Um, the conversation is going to be here on what we want to call one of the characters. I'm just going to call her Aerith because that's what seems to be the accepted name now. It was Aerith in the game. It is Aerith and everything that has happened after that game. So I stick with Aerith. That's what I've always done. And that's all right. Well, you can call be. her Aerith then. Like, I don't, I don't care. If I just want to get Ares, that out of the way. You're wrong and you should stop. <laughs> I'll accept Aerith as a secondary. Yeah, like it, it is what it is. You can call Aerith Aerith. Uh, that's that's for you. I just wanted to put that out there. Don't anybody start blowing up the comments about why I should be calling her Aerith or Aerith. It is what it is. So we you, know we're just doing what we've always done. Yeah, you can use whatever <laughs> name you want. Yeah, that's never that's never bothered me. And I've never understood, you know, the people that get all up in arms about it. It's yeah. like, you know, it, it's people like it. It's a mistake. It happened. Either one is acceptable. Sure. Uh, you know, it's not like. They changed her name from Aerith to asshole. You, know? <laughs> you could do that if you wanted to. Though. You can. So, so let's uh, let's let's just break them down because there's there's nine characters. It shouldn't take that long. He said famous last words. Um, this game has a proper protagonist, something that was a little bit more difficult to delineate from the older games that like specifically six. Uh, a lot of people that point to it as the better game say that it has more than one character that are that could be a primary focus. And there's like a lot of character development going on for a lot of people without really having like a central character, to that story uh, seven does. And it's cloud strife. He is the, at, you know, the catch all hero, uh, former soldier, LOL. And he is, he's the lens through which you view this game. He, you control him. The majority of the game, you are trying to uncover his story and his past and determine where his, his story will take this game. He is your protagonist. How do you like Cloud? He's a, he's kind of a divisive character, but I think Cloud is fine. I've always been kind of like, you know, Cloud is our hero and he's fine at it. I know he's kind of fucked up in the general scheme of through the game, but there are characters I like more, but as a baseline, Cloud's perfectly suitable. Um, you know, Cloud is fine. I don't I'm not like super I guess I don't have super strong feelings either way. He is your kind of classic tough guy uh you know strong silent type at the beginning and then you <laughs> yeah. find out he's got this tortured past which of course he does but you know uh yeah it's fine i would have liked maybe a little bit in the original game a little more time to run around as somebody else yeah um other than that i like cloud cloud's cool yeah they they really hammer yeah. hammer it into you that you you are cloud like that's kind of and what you just are got in this the game. biggest sword so how can you really hate him that much <laughs> I don't dislike Cloud. I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys where he's fine. You know, he, he's a passable protagonist. Uh, my issue with him is the 
the jumping around of characterization throughout other Final Fantasy VII related oh, media. Oh, yeah, because they do a lot yeah. of that. Because on one hand, he's this strong, sti- silent type. On another hand, he's this emotionally damaged child. <laughs> on another hand, he's, you know, uh, this sarcastic, witty kind of jerk Yeah, in, in a lot of he's stuff. He's a blank slate. He's whatever you want and, him to be. Yeah, and, it, and it's like... <laughs> Cloud contains multitudes. It's hard for me to get really into him when there's not a clear-cut characterization for him. That has not stopped anybody from getting super into him, though. He is definitely iconic. Like, the... The yeah. one thing I can say for Cloud is that the character image of Cloud has endured such that he's become, like, the poster boy of Final Fantasy VII... Or Final Fantasy, the series, like, in general... You can ask a lot of people a lot of characters, and they will give you a ton of names, but Cloud will be one of the first ones you mentioned. Absolutely, yeah. He's, his design and his giant fucking sword yeah, and hair. Yeah, I have no problems. <laughs> like, the design is great. I love, yeah. I love the design. Yeah, the char- all of these characters are really well designed. I think, personally, they they look great, all of them, but Cloud is the one that seems to resonate the hardest with this cool look and his popped collar now and his fucking hair. And, his fucking hair. He's probably, <laughs> you know, if you really think about it, he's probably in a way kind of responsible for uh, the 90s and 2000s uh, impact of, of the way heroes were characterized and things like the Matrix and Underworld and stuff like this. Where sure, the, cool, cool the sunglasses <laughs> and, the, and the leather and the straps and everything. You so know? many fucking straps. <laughs> <laughs> I think steampunk was kind of like a rising thing. At yeah, the time it was the kind of the right, right place, right that. time. So moving on, we've got our next. We'll, we'll do them chronologically. So our next, uh, our next hero of note, Barrett Wallace. He is a large, angry man with a gun hand. Barrett is kind of a caricature of like the angry black man that yeah. is in this game, and is yeah. it's kind of problematic. Like if yeah. you're really being fair, but when you play it in '97, he was fun. I like, mean, I guess. If you want to be charitable in 97, having a black character in a video game was kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is. He is a caricature and he is. It is uncomfortable. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a, a all, problem that was, yeah. you know, indif- indicative of Japanese culture, yeah. too, in the, in the way that they portray. I think that's it's lots of cultures. But you are fair in saying definitely in video games, it was. It's not awesome, but, but it's it's hard because you also kind of love Barrett. Yeah, you want, that's, you want good things. You for do Barrett. like that's the thing. Like he's a even, good guy, despite being he's not sort as bad of a character. As Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> despite, <so. laughs> despite being sort of a problematic character, you do want him to do well. Like you do like the character. He is, you know, he's very passionate. He's he's very engaged in the in the process. And even though it's not. It's not always something he understands what's going on. He's definitely down for it. So that's, and he's got a pretty cool yeah. backstory as they go. Yeah. And yeah. You, you meet him and you're like, why does he have a little white daughter? And it's all explained. And it's like, oh, wow. And why does he have a gun for a hand? Yeah, that too. That too. And how does that even work? <laughs> I like the way it's designed in the demo. It's got The like, new one looks yeah, cool. He's got like a bag over his, his stump. <laughs> or his, yeah, it's cool. Okay. Now that you actually have the graphic, you know, the graphic capability to be able to do some detail on that yeah. instead of just like a, think a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Moving right along then. <laughs> Moving ahead into the uh, the next member of Avalanche, uh, Tifa Lockhart, who from Cloud's Past. Tifa is kind of great. I think Tifa gets a little short shrift because of her obvious sex appeal design. Right. Um, and her cartoonishly ridiculous large breasts. <laughs> Uh, they don't show in the polygons, obviously, but man, those cutscenes—they were special. Something else. <laughs> it's, 
it's it's a problem. Yeah, but <laughs> but the character is pretty cool. Uh, she she fights with no weapons. She just she just punch. And I I love characters that just punch personally. <laughs> she is honestly, if if we're talking about it, uh, you know, story wise, I think she's probably one of my favorite characters. Her her and Eris both, I think they're kind of like the heart of the game and the heart of the group. And I think that's why the two of them are probably my favorite characters. I mean, I think all the characters kind of are a little tropey, but you kind of expect that in a video game a little bit. And aside from Tifa mostly being there to be the explainer of Cloud's backstory, um, you know, she's clearly a tough character and that's cool. She's not quite as... Um, fleshed out in need of protection as Eris is so that's oh, cool yeah, that's that nice too. to have that kind of <laughs> the another person thing. there yeah, yeah the fleshed out thing though you hit the nail on the head with that that's one thing that I hope for with the remake that some of the stuff that she is there for some of the uh backstory and whatnot I hope it's handled less like just and and this is what happened and they actually delve into it a little bit well more. less like she's part of cloud's story because yeah, that's what nice. she is like she's a peripheral to cloud's narrative put put some and more gravitas she should to do more character. because she is cool yeah like she's <laughs> she's a cool character she deserves more story her being so directly tied to cloud is good for the game because it does kind of help <laughs> you illuminate some of that through cloud's past and you know moving forward but it would be nice if we had a bit more autonomy like you can you can find some of that stuff, but it's hidden. Like if you if you correctly play the piano in her room, you unlock a note, which gives you like a nice bit of history with her and her, you know, martial arts instructor. And there's like some random stuff hidden in the game that kind of opens some stuff up for Tifa, but like small. They're minor things. Um, but Tifa is a fun character and I, I always like her. But if we're going to talk about favorite characters, this is, again, these are all these. It's all personal bias, but the best character in the entire game <laughs> one man's opinion you say kate sith i'm gonna punch no i said we're doing this chronologically uh Ares gainsborough who you meet after you have you know you have your members of avalanche head out into midgar proper and you meet the flower girl in the slums and her name is Ares, and she is great and she dies and i was very sad dave had a crush in 1998 he's still not over it nah, I, no <laughs> I, and i never will be honestly i'm gonna dial it down let me try to be objective so Ares is very interesting um, she wields magic super powerful. Like she, when you do, you are rewarded by leveling her up because her magic is so much better than everybody else's, like her, her stats and stuff. And her limit breaks are also super cool. We haven't talked a lot about the proper, the gameplay, but I guess that's my fault for bringing it up now. Um, so just from a purely character discussion, uh, she becomes the pivot and like the center of the narrative focus of this game pretty quickly after she, comes into the party she's the last member of a race of people or a race of beings uh that the main antagonists of the story are after so they're trying to hunt her down then the game becomes less about you trying to take down sh the shinra and more about you kind of protecting Eris. she becomes a very important part of your party she is uh she's definitely like kind of what i was saying you know between her and tifa they're the heart of the group and she's definitely that you know she's she's got this like level of innocence that makes the team feel more like heroes than i felt they did in the beginning of the game well yeah in the beginning yeah. they're terrorists yeah. right. like yeah. it's it's pretty laid out pretty clear <laughs> yeah yeah ego terrorists <clears throat> ego, ego terrorists yeah like we're doing it for the right reasons well yeah. you're still blowing shit up they're killing the planet yeah, yeah. it's true so <laughs> 
like Aerith too. I mean, she is a little bit of a. I think I think the term is Mary Sue, How but dare you? you know, I. But you know, she is she is the pivot on which the story turns, and that's really important. And I feel like they did it well because when Aerith dies, you are sad, and that is you are shocked and sad, and that's the case. So. I don't know. I like it. And Harris. sometimes traumatized. A little traumatized. Maybe some of us aren't over it yet. I mean, <laughs> it's it's definitely telling though of a of the importance of the character to the game when you do feel terrible when she is dead. Like you are hit by that. Yeah, it's and true. even in such a short amount of time, she becomes you know indispensable through for the story, and or at least you thought. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it. It seems so much like and. Uh, without having mentioned it before, she is something of a love interest to Cloud, our main our main protagonist. There's something of a bizarre love triangle between him and Tifa and Eris, but it's... The game was ahead of its time in that, too. <laughs> Twilight wasn't even out, you know. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the most well-recognized and regarded love triangle of our era, it's Twilight. Okay, it's what started the teen book love triangle trend, and it's important. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not defending Twilight. I'm just saying. Merely noting its existence. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she she is something of like a central point there too. Like she becomes the narrative focus of the game and the narrative like the central narrative focus of the character Cloud. Like it, the whole game is now kind of wrapped up in Eris being okay and getting her mission accomplished, and it does not happen. Yeah. So you fail, which is yeah. kind of also fairly shocking for the video game. Like this is your mission. This is what you must do. And it's like, oh well, nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just noped right out of there. It's it's uh it's quite jarring. And I I mean, yeah, maybe it is fair. I still haven't gotten over it, but whatever. Um I've found ways to cope. <laughs> <laughs> so you can always go back to disc one. I yeah, I do often. <laughs> you can attest to this. <laughs> I yeah, that's in in replaying this game and ever since the beginning, like the the first run through, I definitely had Eris in the, my party from the minute she got there until the minute she died. And every time I've replayed it, it is difficult for me not to do that. She's my favorite character in the game. I also like to grind, but when I grind, I like to just kill everything at once instead of like single attacks when you're starting, you know, fire alling or matcha magic if you have the enemy skill stuff like it gets a lot of shit done a lot faster. It, right. You know, like you get things killed fast. You give her some summons, they kill things fast, and her magic is just powerful and kill stuff. And the character is interesting. Like I I like that as you had mentioned too, like the which was a nice actually a good read on that. The the perceived innocence of a character who isn't entirely without her own strength. Like she's you know, she lives in the slums, she has so far at this point been pursued by the Shinra for many years and has managed to fend off that from happening, protecting her mom, well, her adopted mother, and just having a a certain wits about her that gets her through. Like, she is kind of street smart and kind of sassy in that way that they portray. Yeah, that's all true. You know, and she's not bitter about it. No, that's, and it's, it's, it would be easy to be that way, like, to be angry and to be, you know, to have malice, like, towards her situation and stuff. But, no, she carries it with a certain level of grace, and it's, like, it's admirable. You're she laughing. Wants to, she wants to bring <laughs> some of that happiness Should and I whatnot leave? to... Do you want to be alone? Yes, both of you can leave. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about Aries for two hours. Uh, no, I'm not, but I love you forever. Um, my wife and Aries. Sure. <laughs> so... We'll we'll get through some of these a little faster. I know we're taking a while, but uh, Red Thirteen, the next character we encounter in our in our quest, he's he's like a cloud plus. Projects himself as strong and silent, but has a bit more going on in his backstory that you 
come across later in the game and introduces you to some of the best music in the game, which I also appreciate. So he's he's fun. I mean, like he has sort of a middle line through your party of being like good at everything, but not great at anything. So he's I don't know. He's interesting. He's often in my party because he's just stronger, but has a pretty good magic balance, too. And he looks cool. The character is cool. He's, you know, he's like a wolf, (laughs) sort of like a big red dog looking thing. What's his line that he just is what he is? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't care to explain it. Yeah. Yeah, He just is what he is. And narratively, what I like about him is, you know, where I was talking about Aerith and Tifa being like the heart of the group. He's kind of like the wisdom of the group. Despite being younger than everybody, like, right. you know, you, you, you find you that out later. Yeah, you don't really learn until later. He's actually among his race. He's a child. Yeah. But to you, he seems very wise and old and sage. Like, dog years. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Dog years. Yep. Red 13 is cool. I am hoping uh, in the remake for maybe a bit more Red 13. I heard a nasty rumor that Red 13 was not going to be playable. I heard he was actually going to be introduced sooner than you got him before, is what I heard. Mm. Mm. Lots of speculation. If he's not playable, Rumors that would be very disappointing. Oh, but yeah, I, just, would, I can't imagine stupid. that. Like, I'll, I'll accept, you know, I mean, everybody after him. That's fine. If I can't get to them initially, that's okay. But he's part of the first part of the story. You need him. Um, I concur. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. And narratively, there. he's super important, too, because that's where they learn most of the stuff about the Cetra, isn't it? And the planet. And just kind of the whole thing. Like he his his storyline will lead you to Cosmo Canyon, which leads you to discovering a whole lot of stuff about the greater ramifications of what you're fighting against. You know, the life stream and all that kind of stuff. We're we're taking too long. (laughs) We need to get through these fucking characters. I'm trying to keep it short. I know, I know. Um here, here, I'll shorten it up for you. Kate Sith sucks. (laughs) Sid's meh. Vincent's Fuck you. Man. It's great. Okay. Kate's it does suck. I I know that there are people that defend this character, but I think the character is shit, and I've always thought the character was shit. He sees my party for the two times he's forced into it and then never fucking sees it again. It's yeah, pretty awful. much the same for me. Maybe they'll change it up a little bit. Maybe you'll care more. I don't think I don't he's know. redeemable. <laughs> there's, there's nothing that what, makes me care. What Turk is he? I forget. Reeve. Reeve. Yeah. Okay. I, maybe they'll make you care about Reeve or something. I don't know. And there's this whole the whole stupid scene. I thought he was just like a Shinra employee. It's like revealed at some Shinra point. It, it seems like it's Reeve. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's Reeve. The um, it's hard. And some if of we're the, wrong, he's a different Turk. You know. Yeah. But, if if we're wrong, he's a Shinra employee. Like it is what it is. They have this whole scene where he's like sacrificing himself, and you're supposed to feel bad about it. And it's just and I'm just he's there, a toy. Just, you know he's a toy. I'm just sitting there eating chips. Yeah. Like good. Like hurry it up. <laughs> Die. And then he comes back, and you're like fuck. I I audibly said fuck the first time I played this game. <laughs> Because he, he, he was like, oh, I guess I'll do it. It's, you know, I guess I'm not just a toy. I mean, maybe I have redemption. I'm like, cool, die. And then he's dead. And then he just he just shows up again immediately. He's like, oh, hey, I'm here again. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I yeah. thought you died. And but, you know he's a spy and you can't kick him out of your party. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Uh, right. uh, mainline, mainline characters that leaves us with uh, Sid, who we haven't talked about. Uh, Sid is great, Josh. You are wrong. I, I, I don't hate <laughs> Sid. I just... I'm, narratively i'm not as invested in him. i'm medium on sid you guys I want him to get to go to space oh, but man. i don't really care either way this room house divided i think sid is just you quite nearly my like second favorite character i love sid he's funny he's brash he's hilariously like rude and i did like that he sweared a lot when i you know was yeah. playing the game as a teenager constantly you know, swearing that's very fun 
shit, this expletive that, all the symbols on the screen. And his name has showed up in like every Final Fantasy since then? Before that, too. Sid is oh, the, yeah, yeah Sid is a character name that shows up in he's every, in every game. Often, always yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a failed, failed space explorer. That was his big dream. He didn't get to do it until he did, and then it's very gratifying. I love Sid. I think Sid is awesome. And Sid's like beefy, man. He, his attacks are strong as fuck. I didn't really know that till you were playing it and you were talking about how great he was. And I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever played with Sid in my party. Like, yeah, ever. dude, Sid rules. He I has like the his, only I like his limit breaks. He has the only double Tri- triple th- growth. Yeah, the only attached slotted triple growth weapon in the game. So you can attach something to it to another materia and grow it triple growth. OK, Sid is great. Everybody else is wrong. <laughs> um, so that's that's your mainline characters. There are two additional characters who we have not talked about. They are optional. So they were they were originally going to be designed into the game, but the production of the game took long and got a little rushed, kind of like I'm feeling right now. And uh, they ended up making them optional characters, but they were good. And they, they have story stuff to do in the game. So the first one you could encounter is our everybody's favorite stealing ninja. Uh, Yuffie Kisaragi, who I also love. Yuffie is probably my third favorite character. I like Yuffie a lot, and Yuffie is not optional to me. I would never go through the game without her. I like Yuffie. Even if her usefulness itself is not, you know, super important, I just like her. I I feel like there's a whole section of the game that kind of loses weight if you didn't get Yuffie in your party. Yeah, Yeah, it would be weird to go through Wu-Tai without her. Yeah, you don't get to do anything. You just, if you find it, you're you're there. Without her, the game would have like a little, a little less fun. Like, she she has a, she's kind of a comic relief type character. She has an an element of like a playfulness that is, that would be missing if you didn't have her in your party. Like, it doesn't make the game as fun to play. I tried it I once. Agree. I tried it just to play it without encountering her one time, and the game was not as fun. Like, I still enjoyed the game. It was okay, but you you need a little bit of levity, and Yuffie gives you that. And her side mission when you head into there, into the area of the game that you would need her in to trigger all that stuff is fun. I, I like all that stuff. I like going through the trial and the pagoda to defeat the gods and stuff. Like, it's a fun-ass, fun-ass part. Yeah, and Yuffie, again, is a character I use quite a bit, even if she's not the most useful. She's got the um, long-range weapon. You can put her in the Which back. is helpful, So, yeah. you know, uh, so that is helpful, and I just like having her in the party a lot. So, yeah. I use her. Speaking of long-range weapons, we have to we have to talk about our, our gunman, uh, fucking Vincent Valentine. Vincent is kind of what I think of when you were discussing like a late nineties aesthetic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Jesus totally Christ. True. Yeah. So and to think of Vampire Twilight. the game, yeah. the character. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent's fine. Like Vincent sort of became a bit of a legendary character himself for a little while. He was definitely like a, he the, has a really the dark, moody. He's got a cool person. backstory, and I like finding him and everything. I just never actually use him once I have him. But I like the backstory and everything. I like going to find the cave. Yeah, and I really liked him on my first playthrough. But yeah, he's not. He's not super useful. Yeah, finding him is a lot of fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, using him, not so much. His limit breaks are so useless, you know. Right. It and, makes him well. Impossible. They're useless or useful. Like they're well, they are it, often. They're not bad because they are they're uncontrollable. The so if you run into an enemy that like maybe heals on fire spells and you mm-hmm. get the beast one, well you're fucked. Like yeah, Vincent you, will probably keep yeah. you so him alive just, and kill you. Yeah, you don't want Vincent in your party generally, in my experience anyway. He's cool to find. I like him rising up out of his coffin and stuff. Dirge's service was fun enough. Well, we will talk about that before we finish. That took a little long. <laughs> um, I promise we're going to talk about the rest of the game. Uh, why don't then, while we're just, we've been dancing around it the entire time. Let's just talk about the game. So the game itself, the gameplay, it's, it's graphics, it's CGI, all that shit. 
super important, super indelible to the identity of this game. I think uh, something that we're going to talk about in our next section, something that a, a lot of people use as a detraction is the actual design of this game proper, like the game, the way the game looks. Um, look, man, it was 1997. Right. Polygons happened. Like, right. it became a driving force in a lot of games. Like, that's what you wanted. It's what they 3D, that kind of 3D modeling was the future. Like, it was. Here's my argument with that. Like, so the polygons do not look great. But you know what else didn't look great was 16-bit graphics. You know, they don't look great either. You have to use your imagination to make that look like a person. And that is the same with the polygons. And I think it worked just fine for me in 1997. I get that it hasn't aged well, but I mean. Sure. And that's hindsight, though. Like, it's unfair. Yeah, it's unfair to judge it 20 years later as, like, being of its time. Because it was ahead of its time at its time. Like. it influenced enough people's imaginations, as you just pointed out, Jess, that that is why we are now getting this updated to look the way it looked yeah, in our minds. Exactly. When we played it. And it wasn't it wasn't without like its own changing on that. There are th- like three or four different character models for these yeah, characters in this game. Which they, I think helps because you know that Polygon Cloud looks like cutscene cloud. And in your head, that's what he looks like, you know? So I think, I think the polygons work fine. Yeah. There's only, only a few times in the game. Do you see like full proper character models in the cutscenes? but they look great. Like when they show full character designs and that is enough for you to be able to transfer that onto the characters you're playing with. I mean, you see them in the fight scenes too. They all look that way. Like that's, that's how you envision those, you know, the little chibi kind of block characters. It is what it is. You can only do so much like with a graphic, capability of 1997 and i think they did way more than they had to especially like, when you're making such an open world game exactly right the, which there's is so like much the first of its kind practically yeah there's so much happening in the game there's so much going on there's so much else to render <laughs> that you need to have the polygons because otherwise yeah. it wouldn't wouldn't have worked otherwise the combat system would also suck exactly. let's talk about the combat system <laughs> there's a fucking segue the game plays pretty it's pretty straightforward the active time battle system it's everything is on a timer everybody has a little bar that fills up and once that bar fills up you can start making them do things you can toggle that between your party and you know go person to person casting your magic hitting your people or hitting the enemies everybody's on screen at the same time i think the combat's really fun i know that it would be you know like josh had alluded to earlier it's not fun always to grind out stuff, but a lot of people do enjoy doing that. And I'm kind of in the middle and this game sort of pays you off for doing it. The combat never, the combat while it becomes rote and it definitely becomes repetitive, isn't always unpleasant because it's like cathartic and enjoyable to just hit X sometimes. <laughs> like, right. So yeah, like the, do you enjoy combat in this game? I enjoy it. I mean, in the last, last few times I've played through it in like, you know, the last five years or so, I have felt like it moves too slow, but I think that is just a case of it being of its time. You know, I don't want the whole loading screen when the battle's coming and all the swirling and like, I just want to get through it faster. Um, So, but I think of its time, I enjoyed it a lot and it was easy to manage and um, yeah, pretty good in general. That was more of a technological like uh, hindrance. Like, yeah, exactly. It was. They took the time. If anything, you should, I mean, I'm, I am thankful, not you, I'm not trying to tell you what, but if anything, I am thankful that that stuff happens because otherwise it would just be like a static screen of nothing while it loaded. So no, the game swirling just, around and doing I mean. its little I, shit kind of masks the fact that you're waiting for the, everything to load up. Yeah, right. exactly. And of its time, that was perfect. But now yeah. I'm just kind of like, let's get to it. Sure, um, sure. But that, yeah, that's again, a 
a sim- symptom of technology moving forward, not of the game being bad for its time. I love the battle system like that. Again, I feel like it allows for me to be more creative with stuff that I do. Like I can chain certain attacks in certain ways and that's what I like about it. And that's kind of what, why I dislike what they're doing with the new one, because I feel like I can't be as creative because there's so much more of a time crunch on it. Like, okay. Like because I'm getting attacked from all angles and, and, it's so busy now. I can't say, well, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this with this character, this with this character, and that's going to set me up to do this with this character. I think you can, and you'll be able to. Like, there's, I think once we get a, a better chance to get more into the gameplay, it right. might become easier. Um, yeah, and I was never that strategic a player. Like, I would arrange my materia, but not endlessly. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. And yeah, I was. I enjoy just kind of slashing and going myself. As you mentioned, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the materia system. The as complex as you want it to be, uh, magic, magic usage in this game. The materia system is like a is they're like orbs, and they your weapons and armor have slots, and you put these things in in any configuration you want to make them benefit you. There's lots of supplementary stuff you can put with it. There are also just individual command ones that do things. There's the materia system is one of the things that people complain about is that it kind of takes away from the the job system that the older games had where you had to kind of craft your party around situations where it's like, I have a ninja, they can do this. I have a white mage, they can do this. Like you are then making all of your characters the white mage if you choose to. All of them have the capability to be your healer or your big strong attacker person to is depending extent, on how I mean, you some people have yeah, better stats they balance others. them yeah but the game does kind of give you the openness to make whoever you want whatever you want right i like that like i, I, I don't want to sound like i'm being disrespectful to the games previously but i enjoy the latitude to kind of make it up as i go because i enjoy the materia system like i like plugging and playing and moving the shit around and finding out like what added effect can do if I put it with a bunch of different shit. I don't think I ever learned what added effect was for. It does. It, it, it adds effect. <laughs> yeah. It's like isn't the it, best. Isn't it like if you do like added effect lightning, your physical attacks have a chance. If to, you put added effect, uh, if you put added effect in a weapon slotted with anything, it has the potential to do damage of that element. And additionally does things like stop your opponent. If you're using time, or freeze your opponent if you're using contain. It it does added effects. It'll it poison them. It adds an them. effect to your weapon. Yeah. It, oh, okay. It, it adds I an effect it now, to your 20 weapon. Years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah. I do like the materia system. I was just never as in depth as probably you guys were. I knew the main ones. Knew the big. You know, you add phoenix down to your or phoenix phoenix to whatever and you come back to life when you're dead oh revive yeah so you know i knew the big ones or final final attack Phoenix. knew them yeah. apparently i don't know them anymore yeah um but yeah i wasn't quite as strategic i think with that stuff but i did like the, the system i thought it was pretty cool i like that you can mix things up and add things to other things and i don't have a problem with not having a specific white mage which i mean is eris anyway but whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah my biggest issue i think with the battle system and and this is actually more of the game overall is balance. I was never a fan of the fact, and, and maybe this is my own fault for being such a grinding gamer. I was never a big fan of the fact that I would get to the end of the game and I could beat the final boss like nothing. However, there were random encounters or even not so random encounters like the weapons where they would just stomp you even if you were like completely maxed out. Yeah. 
And I wasn't a huge fan of that. That that seemed imbalanced to me. Um, it made you have to think, though. See, I liked that. I liked encountering things that I knew I couldn't just beat. It, I had it to did. I had a game again because right. for a while I didn't through that game. It you just kind of turn off. It did, but it also led to the fact that as many times as I've played through this game, I have only ever beaten it twice. Yeah, I have only gone through to the end and faced the final boss twice. Oh, I can't wow. even really tell you much about that, you know, last third act of the game. Sure. Uh, because of that fact. <laughs> but I can clearly remember my battles with Ruby and Emerald Weapon. And I mean, those were put in the game, in just the American game, specifically to be hard to beat. Like, just for fun, see if you can do this impossible thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I always thought that was kind of neat. I hardly ever beat them. I hardly ever even try. It takes um, forever. Yeah, not if you do it right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> For, forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes I spent fighting uh, the one in the water. Is Emerald weapon Emerald. Is, yeah. is underwater, and Ruby weapons in the desert. Um, Emerald weapon is super easy if you if you game it right, and Ruby weapons a little more a little more difficult, but the same. You effectively just have to kill your party until you're one player, and then you can kill it pretty quickly. It's it's just the annoying thing of it killing people when you don't want it to. Right. And you just have to have the right, just the right setup. The part of the game that is fun, as we are kind of alluding to right now is, I think something that is also kind of fair to mention is its openness. Like, Oh my God. That's my favorite part. (laughs) The game is so big. Like all of the places you can go, you are linear through the first part of the game through, through a stretch. Like you go to Midgar, you get out of Midgar, you got to go to a couple places first. You have to, like it's, it kind of railroads you into going to a couple of places. But at a certain point, the game becomes completely open. You have a vehicle or maybe you have a chocobo. Like you get to go around and you explore. And there it pays so much off for you to be able to do this. You find heretofore undiscovered levels of the game, hidden caves that have material you can't find elsewhere, hidden islands that have whole subsections of things to do like Wutai. There is no lack of depth to what you can find in this game and i think it really rewards repeat playings because of this specifically oh for sure this is just my absolute favorite thing of the game like this game has something for everyone like do you like (laughs) snowboarding do you like chocobos do you like side quests do you want to drive a sub around for a while do you like animal husbandry because there's some of this like there's everything in this game and once you get to that point in the game i mean they are all sort of side quests but i mean there's so much to do and it's all so different and i am a i i promised dave i wouldn't just talk about snowboarding for two hours but like i like playing the snowboarding game at the golden saucer for like days (laughs) i don't know why i just do so it's like you have this side sort of platform game off to the side where you can just play that and like you can just do that for days a couple because you can do the motorcycle one again too i like like the motorcycle one i'm bad that's the the i like the motorcycle one that's the one i like um but it it is nice though that the game gives you these options like you can you can effectively make some of these side quests main quests specifically raising chocobos oh yeah that is an investment and right. it takes time and, and money. I just said that I never beat the wep- emerald weapon or ruby weapon, but I always get a gold chocobo <laughs> every time. And you can beat the game without doing any of those things. Like exactly. you can, you yeah. can alternately do the weapons yeah. and not raise a chocobo. I mean, if you, you want to make the final boss harder, you could not raise chocobos probably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My, my thing too, uh, kind of piggybacking off of what she said regarding that is I love 
the little things in games, like the stupid things that most people would probably find boring. Um, you know, that's what I love. And I love that about this game. And I'm still that way, you know, Red Dead Redemption I recently played. And there's a whole section of the game where you're just doing like farming and chores. Yeah. yeah. I like and learning to play the piano at Tifa's house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Like just these stupid little things. And I could get engrossed in them and just do them for, you know, a couple hours. It, it's, it's ridiculous. And this game was the first time like, I oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like that, you know? I, this blew my mind. The first time I played this game with all of the, the shit that I kept finding the first three or four times I played it and just like, Oh man, there's like a whole forest up here. Like the ancient forest. When you find it, I'm like, mm-hmm. what is that? I don't know what the hell that is. Right. And then, and it almost seems to serve no purpose really. Yeah. Until you get in it, and it. there's just yeah. a bunch of stuff in there. You're like, Oh man, there's weapons and there's materia and you know, everything kills me. <laughs> and I <laughs> would so say status effect. I hardly ever beat the game either. I get to the point where everything is opened up and you could go kill Sephiroth, but um, I just want to play games. <laughs> right. It's uh, it's rad. Like, I think I think the lasting, really enduring uh, aspect of this game and why people love it so much is the exploration. Like this game repays you so much for just going and doing it like all that's where you find additional characters, where you find, you know, all of your additional weapons and materia and stuff. I just found out this is I can't even believe this is happening. I thought I knew everything about this game, right? Like every where everything was, how to get everything, how to unlock everything. I found out late last year that there is a weapon, just a weapon you can find for Red 13, I think. Or no, no, it's maybe it's Red 13. I forget. Not important. A weapon that I had never found and it was the dumbest thing it was impossible to know it was there. It wasn't listed in a strategy guide. You wouldn't have known to get it because it's completely counterintuitive. But that's kind of cool because exploring the game would have found that for you. It shook him to his core. It, Let me tell you, I remember this. I was, I, I still can't even talk about it. I'm blown away. So briefly, the only way you can get it is the second time you go to Midgar and you're in the Shinner building. You know how when you go into it the first time, you either go up the stairs or go through the front door? Yeah. The second time you go up the stairs, you choose. You can do the same thing. Choose either way. However, (laughs) the way to get this weapon is to go back down the stairs. Because if you choose to go up the stairs the second time, you don't go every flight. Like when you go the first time, it's like a bunch of people talking and there's like, you know, some banter between people floor to floor. You climb what feels like forever and then you're there. The second time you go back, it makes you go up two flights and you're done. If you turn around and go back down, you go to one of the levels you skipped by just jumping up those levels. And there is a weapon on the stairs. Hmm. Never fucking knew that. Never fucking knew that. It, it, again, we, won't, we don't have to dwell on it. But now that I know it, I can think I can safely say I know every single thing about this game. <laughs> I love little little kind of stupid easter eggs like that yeah yeah and i discovered that 20 goddamn years yeah. after i played this who game. goes back down the stairs you just climbed all the stairs uh, but that's what's so rewarding yeah. about this fucking game it's just dense and there's just no end to the bullshit that you can find and do like it's you know again chocobo breeding does not have to be anything you do 
but it's a whole game to itself. <laughs> like yeah, to race them and to breed them and to get the yeah. right combinations. Yeah. Like and a super fun game, no less. Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy it. it a lot. Yeah, I like raising chocobos. Racing racing chocobos is fun. So I don't know, man. It's, and it's just wild. That's kind of become a staple of Final Fantasy games too. Is to is to have those you know little side things that are like games in and of themselves. Yeah, yeah, the density to it. Yeah. Uh, another thing. I think it, we probably could have put this under characters because we forgot to mention it. Um, and this will be the last part of the fair section before we take a little break. This game is one of the most iconic villains in the history oh, yeah, of games. For sure. <laughs> like whether or not your, your actual appreciation of the character may vary, but the fact that it is iconic, he is iconic is indisputable. I just forgot the word. Um, indisputable. Yes. Uh, the fact that he is iconic is indisputable and it's fucking Sephiroth. I, I, I'm sorry. Jess mentioned him. I'm sorry. It took this long to mention the big bad of the game Sephiroth. And I mean, Josh said that cloud has kind of become the face of final fantasy, but I mean, Sephiroth, he's probably, he's right up there. Yeah. He is definitely right. So recognizable. I mean, there's, they're, they're so recognizable that they're used as protagonists and antagonists in completely unrelated games. Right. Yeah. They just threw them into other games for fun. Kingdom nah. Hearts. Yeah, you now know? you're in Kingdom Hearts. Cloud, Sephiroth. It's like, why does this make sense? <laughs> Next to Mickey, it works. <laughs> yeah, and it does. It does. Uh, People love it. So, uh, Jess, we'll start with you. Uh, Sephiroth. Oh, my gosh. Sephiroth is so cool. Like, <laughs> when you saw him, so cool. he just is. You saw him and you were, how old were we? I forget. You're young. I, I was like 13. And he's like, he's such a badass and he's so scary. And he's not like a, he's not like an evil wizard who like, you know, evil laughs all the time. He's just kind of spooky and quiet and he just stabs people. And it's, it's got that sword to rival clouds, cool, big sword. Maybe yeah, it's like cool, big sword. Yeah. I mean, I cloud know. where, where clouds is like giant and unwieldy looking. Sephiroth is long yes. and fine. Elegant. Yes. Elegant. Scary. Yeah. Just like Sephiroth. Yeah, exactly. He's cool. He's the one winged angel. Uh, I think he's a fantastic, uh, antagonist. Um, for pretty much all the same reasons as Jess just mentioned. And story-wise, it kind of makes sense. He, he's not like a lot of villains for, you know, video games, movies, comic books, where they're just kind of like one-dimensional. His reason for being angry and being violent kind of makes sense. You would understand it, given the stuff that went on in his past you know and that's always good for any narrative in my opinion because anytime you have a narrative where the villain is just kind of there it's never good yeah you have a little bit of back you're not not so much backstory where you're expected to feel like sorry for him exactly but enough to kind of understand where he comes from and it's important yeah it's important for you to do that for a villain yeah I would ask, because this has always been something that I have thought of and I have seen mentioned. Does the fact that the initial Sephiroth appearances are kind of in Cloud's head, like Sephiroth, the the actual Sephiroth, you don't actually see until midway through the game. And, yeah. and he's like encased in like carbonite effectively. Uh does that make the impact of the character less to you that he's kind of like a figment of Cloud's imagination for part of it? Or no. does that does that not affect anything? No. I think it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. I think it scary. I think it makes it more scary. Is it like, cerebral yeah. at that point? Yeah. Okay. Like I when I think of Sephiroth, I think of him uh not him exactly, just like the trail of Genova blood all through the Shinra building. Like that looks so cool. And 
you're not even seeing him, but it's still spooky. As yeah, well. the implication that he was there yeah. is, is such that yeah, it is neat. exactly. He doesn't even have to really be there. Yeah. Savvy Roth is awesome. He's like I have no Kruger. criticism. Kinda. Yeah, I mean the you know, the crux of this being that there's like a bunch of clones that are that are of Sephiroth, which kind of what is what's getting a bunch of this shit done. Um before they all recollect themselves back to Sephiroth late in later in the game. Uh I think Sephiroth is as far as like a character design, I'm pretty sure that's what he's getting by on. But there are better Final Fantasy villains. This is the one thing that I've always kind of hung my only detraction to this game. I like Sephiroth the villain and I enjoy the battles you have with him. Um, but I think there are better villains in Final Fantasy, like of, in, in of, the canon. Out of curiosity, who? Because Kafka from six. I, I think he's a I think he's a better big bad. That might be honestly, uh I just forgot uh what's ten? Seymour? No, uh his dad. What's Sin? Yeah, Sin. I enjoy more of the sequences in tens end game than I do in sevens. But this is not indicative of how I feel about seven. I still think it's my favorite game, but I just like those villains slightly more. You know? Yeah, I mean, character design is a huge but the part design, of it because though, he is awesome yeah, looking. But... I will never take away from the design of that character. There is a reason it has endured. There's, everything works and it does create an impression of like dread every time you kind of get around him or see him. It's 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 a great character. I'm not trying to take away from it. I think it's great. You know, I guess I just personally like a couple of them more. But but that's that's, that's good though. That's like good for the series if you can continue you know, to build on that and make mm-hmm. great characters. Like, it's pretty rad. Now that we got that out of the way, we've, <laughs> we've covered all the characters. We've kind of covered the, you know, how the game got to be, where the game is. Um, let's take a little break because we have a whole bunch of stuff to cover in the over and the under before we finish. And we're going to do that. So pause for station identification. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. I just want to take a second to talk to you about the rest of the Make Fun Family shows, including our newest edition, Kitty Cat Paws Cast. Uh, Anachronismo, This Rules, This Sucks, and the flagship Top 5 of Death, in addition to us at Over Under Fair. Everybody has a lot of great stuff for you there and on our Facebook group, which is the Make Fun Network Facebook group, so check us out there and join in the conversation. So if you haven't already, take a chance to check out the rest of the shows and subscribe to them on your favorite podcatcher. And on with the show. And welcome back to the second half of our discussion of Final Fantasy VII. So we fit a lot <laughs> into the first half. Um, we but have feelings. Guys. Yeah, we do. It was kind of just a giant love fest. But that's what this game incites. You, you kind of love it. Or maybe you don't. Uh, and that is where we will start with the over in, in our uh, continuation of discussion. Here, the over will stand for overexposure. This game was very big. <laughs> it goes without saying. Uh, and has been it, very big yes, for 20 years. It sold in the realm of 10 million copies upon release, like its original release. That's not to mention the times it has been reported to the PS3 and the PS4 and to Steam. And I bought all of those. <laughs> so like, this game has made a lot of money and has been on a lot of people's minds and mouths. Do you think that hurts the perception of this game to a gaming audience because these are the people that tend to say this game is overrated. 
I think any time you get any sort of product that has a huge following like this game does, you are going to get people on the other side who even if they don't, you know, what frustrates me the most is some of them haven't even played it, but they they'll down it. They'll, you know, it's garbage. It sucks. You know, my younger brother being one, like I got him when he was young to play Final Fantasy X, but was never able to get him to play Final Fantasy VII. And anytime it's mentioned, he like trash talks it. I'm like, dude, you've not even played it. And that happens with anything that gets, you know, this kind of following. You get the people who just want to hate on it to hate on it. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think also audiences, especially maybe gaming audiences, love to argue amongst themselves and like it criticize. Is true. And there are criticisms to be made of the game. I think all of us enjoy it for the sum of its parts. You can't really control when something is popular and overexposed. So if it is, ask, it is. Ask Twilight. Exactly. Right. You know, <laughs> your favorite, your favorite franchise. Ever. I mean, poor Robert Pattinson, right? <laughs> he's he has he's come around, though. He's. He has had a career resurgence in becoming like an indie guy, you know, in the past bunch of years. And I will completely own up to this. I was going to be Batman. Exactly. I was definitely among the people in the early aughts that were like this fucking guy and his fucking stupid face and his fucking vampires. But I have 180 entirely on Robert Pattinson through no shortage of eating humble pie on this, probably directly because he started doing David Cronenberg movies, who was one of my favorite directors. Uh, dude is quite the actor, I'm and I was a lot wrong. about Robert Pattinson right now. I'm I would like to be saying. clear that I am not a Twilight fan. <laughs> I was just using it as an example of a time, <laughs> a time in your life when you were happier because there was Twilight movies. <laughs> I'm actually kind of kind of excited now for the Batman. Uh, he, I think he's going to be good. I think Robert Pattinson is a legitimately good actor. He was an actor who actor. took a role as a young man. I mean, like it happens that's to not, all of us. It's not. Don't be unfair to him before it. Yeah. Anyway. I agree. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Did this we get was off a track. very large digression. Everybody watch Good Time. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. So overexposure. I wouldn't say really a problem. If people, uh, everything's going to have its detractors. The fact that it, it it is as big it is as it is means it's going to have those people saying that it's not great. I think a lot of this discussion. I, I, it's not fair to say all of it. I'd say a lot of this discussion though comes specifically from people that love this series like as a franchise because game to game the whole crux of final fantasy is that none of them are continuations there are a couple of sequels one of which we will talk about later they tried it didn't work (laughs) a lot of people do discuss this game in relativity to the other games within the series as you know vis-a-vis this isn't even the best final fantasy how can you say it's one of the best games ever have we have our shared experience here have we played what are considered the best Final Fantasies? So I've played six, and Josh, you've played ten, correct? I've played ten, I've played X2, I have played twelve, I've played Dirge of Cerebus. So everything <laughs> after seven is basically I, what you're saying. I tried to play seven, did not like Seven? It. You just had seven? Or, I'm sorry, eight. eight. Eight, okay. I tried to play eight and did not like it. Eight is being afforded the same generosity that a lot of things are right now of the the retrospectives of actually what if this was good this happens every like five or six years that 15 years ago when something was shit now it's okay for some reason i am not going to say that that applies to eight but it probably isn't as bad as people said it was that's probably fair it's not a bad game it looks amazing like it suffered on coming on the heels of this game it did it really did it it had this to follow up and it couldn't do that like it definitely looked better like as as far as a completely graphical 
specific, you know, specificity. The cutscenes were amazing. The summons were incredible looking, but the game itself comes up short. And I think that's where people have the biggest issues with. Well, I guess speaking, go ahead. Real quick, just to make sure that I'm not misremembering this in my mind. Eight is the one with Squall, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then nine also, these were all PlayStation generation games. So seven, eight, and nine all come out on PS1. Nine is kind of a... I don't know anything about I'd say nine is kind of underrated. I like nine more than eight, but not as much as seven, obviously. And nine hasn't endured the same way that seven has because it was at the very end of the PS1 generation. People were kind of more excited for what was coming next. So I think it, it in retrospect now it does get afforded a bit more shine, but it's not like upper echelon. Six and ten are the ones that get thrown around a lot as being the best Final Fantasies, quote unquote. I would definitely think that six is a great game i think six is really very good and there are elements of seven that are borrowed from six entirely like the combat layout and a lot of the excuse me um a bit more of the the future look kind of is a it looks a bit more modern than like the super fantasy stuff that's before all these games where they're just like medieval fantasy right but it's not seven like i i respect the villain being better as i said earlier i do like the antagonist of that game more i think he's a bit more layered and a bit more interesting but the actual game is just not as good. It, it just isn't like this. This is all subjective. I understand that. But if I am going to be the one to compare these two things, six is not as good as seven. It's flat. Having finished 10, I've played it too, but I want you to tell me about 10. I actually really love 10. Yeah. And, and I, it's one of those games where I need to go back and play it again because I I'd never given it the kind of, uh, playback that i've given seven it's just a good game you know it's got all the same great elements that seven has there's some great side quests some great mini games great characters the only thing that puts seven above it in my mind is is the end of the game like yeah i like sephiroth way more than i like seymour i think seymour's a shit villain He's kind of dumb. Sin is cool, but sin is not iconic. Sin, sin is just a monster, you know, like, yeah, but it's like a cool looking monster. it's a cool looking monster, yeah. but it's not the same kind of like cerebral villain. Yeah. Yeah. And Seymour is supposed to be for 10. What right. Sephiroth was for seven. And sin is supposed to be for 10. What Genova was. Sure. For seven. Okay. And Sephiroth's just better, <laughs> but I do love 10 as a game though. The gameplay yeah. is, great like i think uh i love the sphere system or the grid system however you want uh, sphere. Do sphere system yeah. yeah it's the closest to the materia system of something that i've enjoyed like as far as the game is laid out it's a little complicated when you start it it's a lot better than the periodic table of 12 <laughs> yeah it really fucking is um they've streamlined some of that like they they had a, a, a digital remaster of that recently oh yeah and it's good i haven't played it all the way through i just played like a demo i liked 12 but i never finished 12 it i same I just couldn't get invested in it. It was cool because it revisits uh, Ivalice, like the original setting of Final Fantasy with all the medieval kind of shit. And uh, it becomes a bit more, well, not the original original, but one of the original settings. Uh, I love the setting and the world. Yeah, I mean, the world looks awesome. It's just, but the, you know, there's just something that isn't quite there. It's the same thing. And And I think 12's Sid is probably my favorite Sid. Yeah, yeah, 12's Sid is good. And it has Fran, that hot rabbit lady. (laughs) (laughs) So you got that going for you. I I don't know, man. Um, I I didn't dig the whole kind of like Michael Jackson (laughs) nose. Anyway, I digress. So we we have then, we can say, you know, as far as the esteem of this table is concerned, uh, those fears may be a bit overstated that 
7 for some reason isn't as good as the rest of these games. Do you think that if we're comparing it to just the games of 1997, does it get too much overexposure? And I will give you some of the games yes, that were please. released this year. I would need that because I'm... Um, <laughs> Because all we played was Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> well, I didn't. I played I more didn't. games. And like I said, I didn't even play Final Fantasy VII when it was first released. I mean, it, it was probably 2000 or 2001 before I really played it. Was it that it. long? Well, because you and I didn't really start hanging out until I graduated. No, it was like 2000, like 99, 2000. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we hung out tangentially. This is not that, this is not that podcast. <laughs> a, discussion, <laughs> a discussion of a friendship, Dave and Josh, through the years. <laughs> I'd, I'd listen to it. I mean, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying we can't do it. I started with the chicken. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. So he so ate this whole chicken. chicken. <laughs> Motherfucker! Oh god. Yep. It started and will end with a chicken. I am sure of it. So some of the other games that came out this year. So the much anticipated. There was several anticipated sequels. Uh, Tomb Raider two. Quake 2, another huge, a huge, huge thing. Mario Kart 64, Tekken 3, which is, if you do not know, probably the best Tekken game. Fucking don't at me. Uh, GoldenEye for the N64, a... That I was mean, a huge game. I yeah. was not a player of that game, but it was enormous. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. GoldenEye, what GoldenEye did for first-person shooters is what Final Fantasy did for JRPGs, like kind of introduce people to that concept a lot of people console stuff this is interesting because this is what is often argued as one of the best games of this generation and they also came out within like two months of each other castlevania symphony of the night for the ps1 um, often regarded as one of the best games ever made it's it's also in that conversation it's fucking fantastic i am not gonna downplay castlevania you're awesome. watching the anime though i saw oh it. the anime is great the fucking anime is awesome if you haven't watched castlevania on netflix fucking watch it. it is cool i will have to do that the yeah. only castlevania I ever played was simon's quest oh well that that's where you're wrong you should play more <laughs> you should play more castlevania but 97 had so many games, Mortal Kombat 4, Star Fox 64, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there there were a lot. This was a big console generation. Like, a ton of stuff happened this year. The original Fallout, the, uh, the first Grand Theft Auto. Like, there's no shortage of games. You know, I would say that Mario Kart 64 is when I kind of felt like I was losing my grip on gaming. Like, I kind of did a lot of Nintendo and Super Nintendo gaming and then less. I just couldn't handle the controls as well, which is maybe really lame. Like it, but they gave you a shitty controller. Yeah, <laughs> and I just, I hated Mario Kart 64. I know a lot of people really oh love God, it. Oh, God, I love that yeah, game. Yeah, I know everybody loves it. I was not a fan. I was always terrible at it. And this was kind of when I really fell off gaming. Same here. So I would say that this game being what it was kept me, you know, like really gripped me. And then none of these other games really did in that way. Absolutely. Like of all the games that you named off there, I have like zero interest in any of them oh wow i was never a fan of tomb raider and i think it all stems from exactly what jess was just saying it got to the point where the games were getting better and more in-depth with their controls and i was not getting better <laughs> yeah. with them you were not I, around for that I, ride. I never cared for the fighting games because i was never good at them so tekken 3 man you know it is what it is it was never all and that it is great. <laughs> I was never very good at first person shooters. I did play and beat Goldeneye and I did like it single player wise, but where everybody, you know, <laughs> loved it for the multiplayer was never into it. I you know, you've we've played Goldeneye. You <laughs> I'm know sorry. how bad I'm trying I am. not to laugh, but yes. <laughs> You were you were not great at multiplayer I am, Goldeneye. I am not great at it. Uh, same thing with <laughs> Mario Kart. I was never particularly good at Mario Kart, so that's where I kind of fell off of gaming, and that's why I liked the Final Fantasy series as much as I did. Was because you didn't have 
to be like that. Sure. You know? Yeah, they rely less on coordination. You right. Know? Yeah. More mental coordination than physical coordination. Yes. Even nowadays with a lot of the games, it's like in order for me to play and enjoy them, I have to exploit glitches and cheats. <laughs> sure. You know, Fallout 4. I love playing Fallout 4, but I definitely exploited a lot of glitches and cheats so that nothing could kill me before yeah. I could kill it. Otherwise, I would be dead every time, every yeah. second. Same thing with Red Dead Redemption. Had to exploit some stuff for that as well. That's okay. I mean, it's yeah, what that's, gets you That's by. always been part of games, too. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's know. kind of inherently built into it. Like, it's just that's part why, of the That's experience. why I get so pissed off when people call it cheating. I'm like, it's not cheating. It's me maximizing my <laughs> enjoyment of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to each their own. I'm not going to say you're a cheater. You're a cheater. Oh, when did the original <laughs> Sims come out? Uh, a couple years after that. Oh, okay. You know, I had a Sims, a very long Sims phase, <laughs> yes, and that might have been where all of my gaming time went. So Yeah. I'd say it was pretty shortly after this that the original Sims came out. Yeah. Again, not control based, but Yeah. Nope. Only only limit was your mind and what exactly. what shit and you those could do. Pool with ladders. It. Those were the big <laughs> yes, you're right. And the pool ladders. Yeah. You monster. I never did that. I no, never you murdered my Sims. That's no. nice of you. All right. Well, now I'm the monster. Until um, they could be playable ghosts, and then I killed a bunch. So okay, I yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I've definitely seen you kill a couple of Sims. Just but. a couple. I'm not, like, sadistic about it. <laughs> so, yeah, just within within the year that this game was released, so much happened. And I think part of what makes this game so interesting and so long-lasting is that it managed to be a standout even in a year with all of those games. You may not have played those games. Yeah, but no, oh, yeah. those are big they're, games. They're, I mean, they're right. yeah. recognizable titles. Like, sure. even though I didn't play them or enjoy them, I know, like, Tomb Raider, Grand Theft Auto, Yeah, Fallout. those are big yeah. things. Yeah. And I mean, we all had to play Mario Kart at some point That's, or another, whether or not we liked it. Well, Because <laughs> everybody someone, else was. As someone that fucking loved Mario Kart 64 and could still take anybody. I just fucking. can't. I can't make the turns. I don't even know. I don't know why I'm so bad Yeah, jump into the turns, And I loved man. the first Mario Kart. Loved yeah. it. I love watching people. Still love play it. Mario Kart, especially the modern Mario Karts. Like they look so good. I've watched people. They're on so YouTube fun. Play those entire <laughs> yeah, games. Those games are great. Know? Yeah, but speaking from someone that did play all of these games, I played most of the games I listed. Like I, I had an N sixty four and I had a PlayStation. I will say it's going to sound like I'm super privileged. I sold my Super Nintendo and every game that I had collected over like a seven year span to buy that PlayStation, and I got the N sixty four as a Christmas present. Which is hilarious because so you one. would subsequently buy like six different Super Nintendos <laughs> <It's true. laughs> to try and keep a working one in the house. Yeah, I know because and I. I bet you if I still had the same one, it would still work. I bet that one was probably the best Super Nintendo ever made, and I sold it for a PlayStation, which I do not regret because I had a great time with that PlayStation. We need another. We need another Super Nintendo. I want to play Evo. <laughs> <laughs> we can mod the. Oh, shouldn't talk about that on, on recorded radio. Um, we can find ways to maybe make that happen for us. Uh, we can buy a Super Nintendo Classic and play all of those wonderful games. We have that. Those are wonderful games, the but SNES they movies. don't have All-Stars on there, which is so... They don't have Super Mario All-Stars, I haven't had heard good things about the Classic system. I, oh, I like it a lot. I thought they like used inferior versions of the games. Oh, I don't... No, I don't think that The tracks. ones I've I mean, played seemed... They seemed like the old games that yeah, I remember. They felt I mean, good. Yeah. I can't speak to the they Nintendo They had a bunch one, that I really liked on there. They had Secret of Man on there, which was one of my favorites, yeah. and I replayed Link to the Past. I just... Watched I something <laughs> that said that most of those systems like use European versions of the game. Oh, okay, so maybe that was true. More glitchy. Yeah. That may be true, but I don't know about. I the haven't experienced part. it. I, yeah. I can't say that I can, I've glitches. noticed any of that. Roger, you look like you were interested in talking about this. 
the only thing I was going to say about the new systems, those little mini systems, is yeah. that I wish the controllers were longer. Yes, oh that is God, a giant yes. fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, the, I don't The short cords. What they were making that for when... But to people, make yeah. them, I don't know, like don't, the, re-simulate the experience of being a tiny child. Sure. Where it didn't be matter. right up on top of yeah. the television. Yeah, right? I guess, but then I know, I'm like, almost 40, man. I can't be that close I know. to a television. I, I can't see the games from my couch anyway. I have to get that close, I guess. Yeah. But So I have to do some sort of like special... Setup so I can fucking play. They have game. extenders. That's where they get you. They actually yeah, have yeah. cord extenders. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Listen to them. But no, I wish that if you can get, if you know, if you wink, wink, nudge, nudge, find a way to get more games on there, then I'll I'm let all you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for Well, that. I, I don't think that technology exists, yeah. but we'll, no. talk, we'll talk I mean, it did my... have a lot of my favorite games, so I can't, I'm not really complaining, but yeah. I do, you know, everyone get the urge to play evo it had super punch out speaking of replayability i yeah, love that fucking yeah. game so much but we're not here to talk about super punch out yet we're not ever going to talk about super punch out. okay <laughs> so, what are we talking uh, about we're talking about final fantasy 7 <laughs> um so i think it's important to at least delineate the fact that it is amongst its peers specifically of that year not even mentioning the whole generation because there's many more games but specifically the year 1997 this game was notable then to be one of the best games ever you have to contend with best games ever and right. i think final fantasy 7 holds up like even against more modern games like your mass effects and halos and like your zelda breath of the wild like a lot of games a lot of games that could come up in conversation as best games of a generation or best games of ever i don't think final fantasy 7 is far behind any of them given capability and stuff the Absolutely game it, the game continues to exist because it's great like there's a reason people want to continue playing it and continue yeah, talking there's about a it. reason people wanted a shot for a shot remake it wasn't just me yeah they wanted that and they called for it and i you know and it got done which is even more the more shocking thing yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because that segues into the under segment of the conversation you may notice that the over did not have a ton of things to say because we said everything in the fair. So moving into the under, I think the reason that there was such a such a clamor for all this stuff to continue happening is because the fan base was kind of underserviced for a while. Like the game came out and they wanted more. Like there's there's a certain thing to be said about having your series not make sequels because that's just something that they didn't do. Um, around the same time, Final Fantasy Tactics came out, which was completely different and a different setting, but it was very successful on the basis of Final Fantasy VII having existed. I bought Tactics because I played Seven and thought it would be similar, and it was not. But I still love that game. It's a fun game. There was a there was a thirst for more of these characters. Like yeah, people definitely. wanted to play more of this. And even though the series doesn't do that typically, they consider. It seems like they were considering doing shit, but they just never announced anything. It took almost a decade before we got any sort of touch into more stuff. And then when it came. A bunch of it came at once, which was the compilation of Final Fantasy VII released over a couple of years. It was a couple of games, a movie, and like a, an OVA. But the less best, the less said about that anime movie, the better, because it's not very good. But that uh, it did lead though to some actual fleshing out of the story. So there was a there was a, a prequel which was released only in Japan, so we didn't get this one of Before Crisis, which focused on the Turks. And kind of like their their existence before the events of seven happen, but characters from seven do appear in the game. It was a mobile game, but given the the capability of mobile phones in America versus Japan in like two thousand one, they never came here because of that. It it lasted for a long time though. It had like an online battle system, and you could trade materia and shit. It was really weird, but uh, it it just recently closed, like twenty eighteen. They shut the servers down, so. 
you know, I know none of us can really speak to that. We never played it. I, I can't say I played it. I've only seen yeah. gameplay footage. But um, something we have all seen was the movie that we got out of this, which is a direct a direct sequel, albeit a little bit after the events of, which is Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Geostigma. Genova. Reunion. Children who have lost hope. Respite for the soul. And so he takes sword in hand. Once again. This movie is awesome. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean. The long and the short of it. Let me. Let okay. Me. Before I, would, I go off too far on it, let me hear what you have to say about I it. I would say that Advent Children is not a great movie mm. in and of itself. However, everybody was so excited just to see the characters again and to get to spend a little bit of time there. I think that outweighs any flaws in the actual, you know plot and i'm using air quotes <laughs> of the movie but you know still it's just we wanted to see it oh, and yeah, we, we did, did and we were excited oh we were so excited i i completely agree there there are definitely flaws to the movie it didn't hurt it enough in my opinion to not think that it's awesome my biggest dislike of the movie is how some of the side characters are portrayed specifically barrett i love the character barrett i don't like the way he gets portrayed in pretty much everything that he's in <laughs> including the remake uh that's coming out and then also yes plot wise it's kind of a flimsy plot and it's rushed but the fight scenes you get to see everybody the, i know man oh it's so Tiva awesome. fights in a church in the church she's back in midgar in the that church whole fight scene in the church oh, oh it's get, amazing get out of town she hit a guy with a pew she did. <laughs> she did, and it's fucking rad. Now I need to rewatch it. And then, and then, remember when it's done, oh, her phone it. rings, and it's the victory, it's yep, the victory yep. jingle, and her phone oh, is playing yeah. it. Come on, dude. Yeah, that's great. And and kind of throwback for the uh, demo, rather than having the victory thing, you know, actually play soundtrack wise. They have Barrett kind of. I know. Dude, that, that was really, funny. That was really so great. It's kind of like a throwback to having the phone mm-hmm. play in Advent Children. I love that a lot. I think Advent Children is better than both of you remember. I don't. I will have to rewatch again. Maybe it is. I do not. This is, again, a personal opinion. I do not disagree with you that the story is probably needs work. <laughs> but I do like what they did. Uh Without going too far into depth on it, there's a sort of a continuation of Sephiroth clones, then they're all kind of there. They range from annoying to not as annoying. <laughs> they're not actually that great. I'll, okay, maybe I'm talking myself out of this. But what makes the thing, what makes the movie so interesting is that it is, it is sort of resetting the lore of how we perceive these characters. It is in this movie that Tifa gets to be a bit more pronounced and gets to have some autonomy and do some stuff where she becomes more fleshed out. She has dialogue, which, yeah, right. is, which is not something she gets a lot of in Voiced the original one game. Of, one of my favorite actors of that actresses of that time. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller, Rachel Lee Cook, Rachel Lee Cook. Oh my bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was. And it had like a bunch of voice. It had like a voice cast of notable names. Not all of them, but some of them. Mina Suvari was Harris. So there was some other people. I'm forgetting them, but that's not important. Did, uh, no, she probably didn't do Yuffie in Advent Children. I know she did Yuffie in Kingdom Hearts, I think. Um, 
chick from Even Stevens. Uh, I wanted to say Carly Rae Jepsen, but that's not right. <laughs> no. Uh, Christy Carlson Romano, yes, is that your yes, name? Okay. Yeah. I don't know, honestly. She, I, she did Yuffie at some point, and I think she might do Yuffie for the remake. Oh, that's cool. Well, good for her getting work. I do really enjoy that, though, about this game, or game, movie, that it does sort of recontextualize some of it. Some of it works and some of it doesn't. I, I kind of hate that they job out Reno and Rude. Like, they make them real buffoony and yeah. buffoonish and kind of, like, afterthoughts. And they're... They're bulk and skull. Yeah. Yeah, they are. From the power. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, really they're just kind of, like, second bananas to the not-dead Rufus. And he, I think it's badass that Rufus reappeared. Like, that was cool. We didn't talk about him in characters, but we can't talk about every fucking character in that game. There's too many. <laughs> yes, but uh, shout out to Rufus, who I always did really like. But they're they're just kind of bungling and, like, dumb. And I never really got that from them in the game. Like, if anything, they didn't get enough time to develop them out that far. Crisis Core, I'm sorry, before Crisis manages to not do that for the Turks. Like, the Turks get to be pretty cool. But... That's not that they were not afforded that treatment in, the, in this movie. They're they're kind of jobbed out in a way I didn't super love. But the movie is rad. If I would defend Cloud as like being better than his uh, any initial appearance and any initial opinion you'd have of Cloud from the game, I think Cloud in this movie is pretty rad. Like he, that's they my definitely favorite, my favorite character. Yeah, actually. they definitely turn up the kind of the strong silent thing for him a bit more. But it works. He gets to, mm. he gets to slash things and it's fucking sweet. Having a gun sword is whatever <laughs> like you can do that and it's whatever but the 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 animated sequences with the fighting and shit they all look great like i i don't think this movie is bad i i really enjoy it i'm not gonna go like as far as to say it's like citizen kane 2005 but <laughs> it's a fun fucking movie and i really enjoy it like i i definitely love this movie jess is not wrong when she says that it was partially because we desperately wanted more of these characters but I still remember it pretty fondly. Yeah, um, I don't I don't have any ill will towards it. I was excited to watch it. I enjoyed it. Looking at it objectively, it's not a great movie, you know. But yeah, again, enjoyable, yes, and very exciting to see everybody again. We get a oh god. Because people basically can't like get enough of the characters, which is why they keep showing up everywhere. Yeah. The, and not uh even more so in the other direct sequel they'd make from this, which was Final Fantasy Seven Dirge of Cerebus. Um released on the ps2 uh that same year so this game is about vincent <laughs> like vincent was again a very cool character to some people he had that whole aesthetic going he for him he definitely appealed to the aesthetic of the time yeah as we have mentioned and uh he he gets his game he gets his own game kind of furthering a bit of his his plot through the game that you may have missed if you didn't get him that that's a i guess a thing that it's important to remember that since he's an optional character some people may never have played as him so him getting his own game was kind of cool. It was like a third person shooter, like over the shoulder yeah. kind of game, actiony game. Um, it was fun. Did you ever finish it, Josh? I did not ever finish it. And in all honesty, I I remember that I did enjoy what I played of it, but it wasn't memorable enough that I could really go in depth into specifics of it. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah. I mean that's about it. Like I don't, I don't remember enough. It's it's not memorable. It was enjoyable, but not memorable. Yeah, I feel about the same. I I don't think the game is bad, but I don't think it's great. It's just a perfectly serviceable video game, you know. But it was cool to see some stuff again. There, are, I believe there are some light cameos. It's been a while since I've played it, so I can't speak to it directly. But what platform was it on? PS2. PS2. Okay, I don't, I never played that one. Yeah, it's it's okay. But again, it was like, oh, my God, Vincent has a game now. Like the yeah. the seeds were sown and no more so 
then when they fucking released it the, the same year in 2005 the reanimated for the ps3 generation trailer of just the opening sequence of final fantasy 7 oh and we all lost our collective fucking mind totally I, and that that's where the remake rumors really start with abandon right. is in 2005 a whole console generation and a half removed from where we are now i am still a little mad that it didn't actually lead to this remake earlier because i was so excited then to see that trailer it was so fucking cool it was so exciting and it's just it, the game gets you know done kind of dirty in the fact that there was a huge leap in graphics right after it even on the same console so it was like man this game deserved better graphics deserves to be made so we can see the characters in all their glory and stuff so it's so exciting I am kind of happy that it didn't happen in 2005 because now it's happening in the current generation and there's so much right. more they could do yeah. with that even versus what they could do in 2005. They could have just remade it again. And 20 years from now, <laughs> right? they could We can make a Final one. Fantasy VII for every console generation. 20 years from now, there's going to be a complete VR setup. Is where that so wrong? Be, you know, We've been watching the be, same movies for 100 years. We right? can't yeah. do the same video games. It's going to be a VR setup where you're going to be in one of those things like in the Lawnmower Man and... It'll have done. an actual virtual world. Fucking done. Yeah, man. You can, I'm into it. I'm already, I've already bought it. So that's so funny to mention that. So this is kind of the speaking to the underservice of the fan base. Like, we wanted this. We wanted more Final Fantasy VII, the, specifically VII. We wanted these characters. We wanted this story. And we were willing to just accept a remake. Like, just make the game again. We want it to be prettier. Like Jess said, the, the graphic capability did leap in the PlayStation era by itself almost immediately after Seven happened. Eight looks better than Seven, etc. No, No more is this driven into my head that this is something that happened. And again, this is only my personal experience, but I'm a total mark, and this is where it's obvious. When they finally did announce the the PS4 remake of Final Fantasy VII, it's almost five years ago now. It's been that long. Yeah, uh, we bought a PS4 the next day, so like I had the text message saved at one point where I said they announced Final Fantasy remake on PlayStation Four, and then Jess said, "So when are we buying a PlayStation 4? <laughs> <laughs> and the next day was when we bought a PlayStation Four, even though we knew it wasn't coming for however long it would but take. But we have it, and we were ready. <laughs> yeah, we you knew. You don't want to be caught unprepared. Yeah, we knew whenever it was coming, we'd have to have it. We'd have to have a system ready for it. And I'm happy. I love my PS4. So right. I'm glad to have it. We need a new one anyway. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. We can, we can justify our purchase. It was a necessary purchase. So something that I actually forgot to talk about, we will fit into the under before we close. Something that I think is kind of, I don't want to say it's underappreciated because I don't think it is, but something that I think gets a little bit lost in the sauce when we talk about the game and its remembrance is the music. Absolutely. Like we've gone the entire okay. show without mentioning the soundtrack and... I know that this might not be true for a lot of people because maybe you turned it off and you listen to your own stuff while you're playing. And I granted I did that too, but I also didn't do that long enough to have heard the soundtrack and it is etched in my mind like, oh, yeah. forever. Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. I don't think it could be overrated either in and I, of itself. I literally like my, my background and music theme for when my PlayStation four is in the menu setting is final fantasy seven and the the music we, Ours is too, we have actually. the same thing yeah. it's, it's amazing dave it's, gets mad because i get irritated if it plays for too long he's like how can you not love it it's it's the heiress theme the dun 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 mm -hmm. dun 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 yeah which of course is my favorite theme in the game and it's 
yeah, it's nice. And the whole dynamic setting of it, it's, it is the first thing I see every time we turn on our PlayStation and my, my avatar to select my screen is a Tonberry. Like I'm final fantasy to the core. Like it's, it's not changing. Um, I just want to throw in real quick on the idea of the characters not disappearing. There are a couple of books, actually. There's a collection of short stories oh, with the horrific title on the way to a smile. Um, <laughs> And there's it's a, a very Japanese. Term. I know very much. So I haven't actually read it, but I am going to. Um, and there's also a book about um, it's kind of an offshoot. It's about the Turks, but a different character that you don't see in the games. And it's called The Kids Are All Right. So if anybody needs more character work, there you go. That's probably the the dude from. Cri- from yeah, it's possible. From before Crisis. Sure. Oh, they had Crisis Core, too. I forgot that was a PSP game that also did some that, Turk stuff. I think that wasn't Crisis Core the one that went more into depth with uh, Zach. Yes, yes, that is that is exactly what that was. Yes, Zach got a game. Uh, spoiler alert, he died too. But, <laughs> <laughs> was but, he ever uh, actually alive in the course of the game? No, but in Crisis Core he is. Like, no. it's about him. Okay. Like, it's his game. Quick question. Okay. Is Cloud a Sephiroth clone or a Zach clone? Neither of them are clones. Neither of them this are clones. This is where they, I always get a little hazy on the... They've been injected with Genova cells. Yeah, but I, I thought specifically... Or maybe though, even that, Sephiroth cells. I thought specifically, though, that, that Cloud, though, wasn't actually real. Like, Cloud's not a clone. No, he's real because Tifa knows him as a child. But, I, but for whatever reason, I had it in my brain. I had it in my brain that she actually knew Zack as a child. False. No. Huh. Okay. Yeah. No. I don't know where that came from. Cloud though. steals, kind of steals Zach's identity as a soldier because he right, was never a right. soldier. Because he forgot. He yeah. forgot that he was there as a grunt, as a Shinra soldier, but not soldier, soldier, just like an infantry dude. Yeah. And he he gets Zach's sword and like the soldier uniform because Zach is. I did it. remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So no, Cloud's not a clone. Yeah, but it is, it does get a little hazy in there sometimes. It's It's, again, part of the translation problem and well you guys super easy to follow yeah (laughs) and the fact that i haven't actually done a playthrough in probably about four or five years well you're you're i'd say you're overdue but the new game's coming in a month so you can probably wait um i did try i tried to for for this podcast but uh it was more difficult this time than yeah and than it ever was before and i attribute that more just to my own issues sure Like, like my own like attention issues. I always find that the beginning of the game is difficult because I want to get out of Midgar so quickly. Right. You know, I just want the world to open up again. So that first long slog through Midgar is always tough, which does not mean I'm not excited for the demo or the remake because I'm excited. Pro tip. That's where you just make multiple saves. I know. Yeah. And I should. And I (laughs) never, I've done that. And I have a save file that starts immediately on the world map. So you've done all of Midgar. Yes. But then the naming of your party gets, (laughs) you know, we haven't even talked about this. I like, I like this and I want to talk about, uh, some individual experiences, but real quick, because I didn't get to put a button on it. What are some of your favorite tracks in this game? Like musically, because we, you know, the amazing, uh, Nobu Umatsu score is again, unparalleled. Like in, I mean, it's, it's one of the most notable final fantasy soundtracks, a series notable for its amazing soundtracks. So what are some of your favorite themes in this, in this series or in this game rather? I would say the, the intro.
Okay. Which we've when already heard. When it yeah. swells up into that, you know, kind of fanfare. Yeah. And then obviously one winged angel. It's it's a pretty sweet scene. Or pretty sweet music. I like Kafka, but Sephiroth has a better theme. So I, I guess I'll give him that. Jess, what about you? Um, I really like the Genova theme. Uh, that one's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like yeah. the, the falling stars kind of. No, 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 no. get this like super ominous music instead of your normal fight music yeah. i really like that um and i'm just really excited to hear it all in the remake because it's oh what God. we've heard in the demo sounds so the demo, good the demo soundtrack is fucking amazing oh man um was there any other ones not off the top of my head no, no. well to the, surpri- to the surprise of no one uh, all of my favorite songs are air based. <laughs> uh i love aries theme as we had alluded to the final fantasy the dynamic theme on the playstation is the the piano you know the nice piano notes um, and then the I've seen it titled several different ways. I'm not actually sure what the proper title of this is, but the you can hear the cries of the planet when you the music that plays when you get to the city of the ancients and right before Ares dies. That, that one music, is super memorable. The very ominous. Doo, 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 doo. sticks with me it's if if in replaying and i'm listening to other things as i will admit i have historically sometimes i'll listen to other stuff i always turn that off when i'm at the city of the ancients it's my favorite track in the whole game um i also really love the epicness of sid's theme all of these are tied to my favorite characters it should not be a surprise uh sid's theme is very swelling and kind of like kind of sounds like a man piloting a ship the high wind music to speak of that also is also great that very you know, we're out exploring kind of music, mm-hmm. like with the flourishes. hate when um i i really do like the world music and i always hate after meteor comes and it changes and it's like oh, super yeah, ominous and I, i'm like i like the old world music yes but now the stakes have risen yes it's definitely ominous and <laughs> and to and to to combat those stakes you have a party of people so this is the last thing we'll talk about before we close the game what's your what's your group i would say a lot of times i typically just go for the core three or four like it'll it'll be cloud tifa Aerith, barrett yeah um occasionally i will throw in you know yuffie because i do like yuffie's limit breaks a lot um sid i don't really have a core group because i level them all okay 
typically. So you're one of those. With, with the exception <laughs> You rotate of, them around? With the exception of Kate Sith, really. Well, I, of course. I, I, <laughs> right. With, with the understanding that none of us are using yeah. him. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I, I typically give the love to all of them. I, I try to keep them equal. I'm like OCD with, with this game. I, I try to keep all the leveling as equal as possible, switch them out, you know, get the limit breaks. It has always driven me crazy that Cloud has to be so much stronger than everybody else. Like, right, I want people right, to yeah. be leveled up to the same level as Cloud. I tend to do a lot of my leveling when Cloud is in a, like out of right, your party. Yeah. Like, when Tifa leads your party, I do a ton of leveling then, because that's yep. when I get to move everybody mm-hmm. else up. Uh, um, my party is probably Cloud, Tifa, and Red 13. And then I probably switch Tifa out with Yuffie quite a bit. Um, and that's obviously after Eris is gone. I do keep Eris in my party before that because her because of her healing limit breaks. Eris is the best, and she is the middle of the. <laughs> she is the rock of the party the whole time she is available to you. I don't know that I keep her in my party that much. <laughs> I keep her and literally until the end. She is in the party for as long as she can be in the party, and then it's typically her in Red Thirteen when I first start the game, and then once we're at the sad part, I rotate. I flip it to. Tifa and Yuffie and Cloud for whatever reason. I don't know. I just like the balance of that. And then once I get Sid. Oh, that's a good one too. I would probably keep that party too. Yeah. And once I get Sid, it's Cloud, Sid, and Yuffie, and that's the end of the game. <laughs> like that's no love for Barrett. I, I Barrett like is never Barrett in my party. <laughs> yeah. Like as much as I like the character Barrett. Like, I do like yeah. Barrett and I like I like his storyline that you get to do with him individually. And I always feel kind of bad because he is drastically underleveled when I get to it because I'm not fucking using it. I do switch people, though. I do kind of the same thing you do. I do like to get everybody leveled up to a point. I don't like anybody being so weak that they can't be in the party. Nope. Except for Kate. I do not have that problem. I know who I'm using and that's who I'm using. I will occasionally do the limit break leveling, which we didn't really get to talk about, but that's okay. They're special attacks. Look them up online. They're great. They're all they're all fun. Yeah. I don't I don't have that problem. I I have my group of people and that is my group of people. Vincent never sees my party unless I have to have him for some reason, which doesn't happen very often. So I don't know, man. Like I like who I like and that's who I like. Speaking of ways we play the game, I have a really important question to ask. Do you guys buy the house in Costa del Sol? (laughs) (laughs) I I have and I haven't. I always buy the house. My my reasoning being that, you know, once you save the planet, where are you going to retire to? Midgar? If, the slums? If there were more to do with it, like, absolutely. I Because I like... What, just stupid, having it isn't enough to do? I like stupid stuff like that. If there I were more that like I could do like with that. it and there and there were more to do in Costa del Sol, I would absolutely buy it's, it. Once you get to the end of the game, you have so much money, you don't need to buy anything else. You've been grinding for so long. That's a fair point. Why not buy a house? Right. Um, you know, make a uh, home at the end of the world. I mean, you've saved it, though, so you're right. You will need somewhere to go. I believe I have purchased it twice and once was at your behest. Yes. Like, literally. <laughs> I insisted. So I, that's how I feel about the house in Costa del Sol. I mean, it's a nice house. You know, I beach, beachside Adv- property. We've seen Advent Children. We know what happens when you hang around in Midgar. Yeah, that's true. You got to live in fucking Midgar. That's, that's a valid point. We, they probably should have bought the house. <laughs> right? <laughs> what could have been in that, in that movie if they would have bought the Costa del Sol My house. party would never, that would never would have happened to my party. <laughs> Speaking of your party, do you guys have naming conventions? Because the one thing that I will definitely miss in this new game, we're not going to get to rename our party members, right. which is fine because all of these characters are who these characters are. Right. So changing their name to like butthole isn't going to make them any less cloud. <laughs> but do you have like a, do you ever have naming conventions? Do you have specific names you like to use for these people or do you mix them up? I mix it up 
a lot and some of them have meaning some of them don't uh when i started doing a playthrough this time for this i named uh cloud john wick just, <laughs> that's know, pretty good. why not i've named barrett idris uh, <laughs> after idris elbow because i think idris elbow should play barrett if they ever did a live action movie uh, that which, would be correct which yeah. i kind of hope they don't ever do a live action movie uh, because yeah. uh that would be cool you know anime hairstyle just doesn't translate well to does not to you just movies. don't it's do barely, it just it barely translates it now to right. CG. yeah just don't do anime hair you can just make the characters but i don't, I don't want a live action movie either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i really like the name amberlin okay and that's what I named uh, Aerith on the most recent playthrough. So, like, I don't, I just, I don't have specifics, you know. No, you just kind of I, wherever you want. One of my playthroughs, I, na- I named Cloud Deacon after Deacon Frost from sure. Blade, you know, just because I was Dork. a stupid teenager. You know. Yeah, I always pick a thing like it's a book, and all the characters have to be named after characters from that book. I did Harry Potter, being a right? Dork. Yeah, I'm pretty God, sure I've done that as well. Dorks. But I've also played through without renaming because in your head you never call them the no, names I know. you give them. You don't. So, you call them Which cloud. is not true of you all games, so, you know. Yeah. And it's it's fun to tool around with stuff. I Only one time did I ever give Cloud a name just to laugh at it. I named him I named him Fucker once. So the, when Barrett yelled at him, the planet's dying, fucker. Like, that made me laugh a lot because I'm a fucking 14-year-old. And then I just reset the game and started it over. But, that was all we were here for. Yeah, I was like, oh, he said fuck. I uh, I also like to give them themed names, but mine are very much more my end of pop culture related. Uh, Simpsons characters were a very big one for me. Right. Lots of Bart's. Uh, Kate Sith was always Millhouse, even though I felt bad. Kind of, <laughs> I always felt bad kind of jobbing Millhouse out like bad that. For but you know, he is kind of a punching bag, so it made sense. My other, the one that I tended to do more recently was Cheers. Yeah, I was going like, to say your last playthrough, I know. The last couple of them were Cheers characters, which was a lot of fun. Probably because I'm like, always watching that Cheers. Might, that might be part of it. But, I mean, like, they have strangely fitting, like, uh, archetypes for some mm. of those names. <laughs> like The ensemble cast. Yeah, I know. It, it's, very, it's very funny that way. Lots of movies, lots of things like that, television series. I do always try to keep it so that the name kind of fits the personality of the character, too. Like, you know, uh, I'm not going to, like, name Barrett just, like, Stew or something like that. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't come stew. across as a yeah. Stew to me. Yeah. Maybe um, a Stewart. <laughs> yeah, the full name. Yeah. So, so I do try to keep that. I try to keep it thematic that way, you know. Yeah. I had a, for many years, this is the last thing I'll say about it, for many years, many, many playthroughs, everybody had the same names. And I'm not sure how I arrived at all of them. Uh, Cloud was Hank forever. Red 13 was always my dog. (laughs) Like It was my dog's name. So it's just like a weird fluid thing. The the ability to be able to do that is something that I will kind of miss. I thought Sid was Hank with you. No, always Cloud. Sid, I actually just kept Sid as Sid most of the time because Sid was a Sid. No, Cloud was Hank. And I, I have the save files to prove it. We're coming to the end here. Let's let's bring this. Let's bring the the high wind down to dis- disembark. To land at crater. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Wait. There's one more thing I have to mention because I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up. This is something that I have wanted to talk about for fucking ever, and I ask this question of people when they play just to see what their answer is. So under asked question, do Cloud and Tifa fuck? <laughs> I know the scene you are referring to, and I didn't think about it until you pointed it out. But yeah, it kind of seems like probably. 
I, they do. They at least do some stuff. <laughs> I'm lost. I, I can't think of a scene. That, okay. that you're mentioning. Here. So, when you get to Crater, it's the end. It's the this end is of probably stuff. why I can't think of it. It's it is. It's yeah. but it's right before the game opens up. Finally, like not fine. You the game has opened up, but everybody's left the party. It's just Cloud and Tifa on the high wind. It's right and before you can actually go into Crater. It's before you yeah. can go into Crater for the first time. They they shoot the they shoot the Midgar cannon and right. they destroy the force field around Crater, and you get there, it's just the two of you, plant down on the ground, the high winds in the background, and you guys are having a little talk. You're just it's it's dusk. It's like dark out. And uh wait, is that the scene? Okay, I think I do kind of remember this part. They're talking and they're just going back and forth, and it ultimately ends with the line of Tifa saying, There are many ways to tell someone you love them without saying it. Okay. And then it cuts to black, and we fade back in later, and they're just asleep on the ground, right? Like they fell asleep outside. <laughs> Roger's shocked beyond all belief right now. So then you get back onto the high wind. Whole party's back there. Everybody, all your friends. Yaffe, Red Thirteen, Kate sits there too. Fucking, but everybody's there. I do. I do think I remember this. And thing. then they all mention that they saw you guys. And then Tifa's like, "You saw us? Oh Tifa's my god!" Very and she is I do very upset this. about. Yeah. This. Okay. Yeah. 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 So she is very upset about having been seen out of the high wind yep. with Cloud. So they fuck. I mean, let's let's just say it. <laughs> I think. I think it is left slightly open to interpretation. Nah. Some stuff happened nah, dog. <laughs> that she would have been embarrassed about perhaps being seen. I don't know that you can automatically extrapolate that to sex. It's the but... end of the world. Of course they had sex. It, they have to. Like, what else are you going to do? You might die. <laughs> yeah. I, I still think it's slightly open to interpretation. Look. And that's probably because it was a game that they didn't want to have to rate mature. <laughs> but... Slightly open to interpretation. Cloud and Tifa bang. That's all right. I'm a, I'm a cloud and Tifa bang. Underrated, overrated, fair. <laughs> I'm a cloud and Tifa bang and truther. <laughs> it happened. Okay, so that's that's the best way to end the show. You got that off your chest after twenty yeah. years. Let us know in the comments if you think Cloud and Tifa banged. Um, I'm half kidding. Dave will, but I will talk to, you to some screenshots it. in case you're wondering. Um. So yeah, this is the end of the show. And at the end of the show, I would normally ask everybody if their opinion has changed. It hasn't. We all love this game. Obviously. It is it is fair to say I'd that like we all think this game is how great. pumped I am, how excited I am for April 10th. So that Oh man. That leads me to the end of the last the last thing I will ask about. What is the legacy of this game and is it still important? I mean, obviously it's still important. They're still continuing to make product with these characters they're still continuing to merchandise them in you know ways other than media um got a legacy it, it's going to be around for a long time in one some form or another yeah i mean i agree and depending on the reception of this remake i mean do people who only people who played it play it do new people play it it could even be get bigger but it definitely has a legacy we definitely will not stop seeing these characters. And I mean, you could put it probably on par with like Link, you know, um, he's still around. Everybody knows who he is. Probably around that same kind of level. Yeah. You you put Final Fantasy VII that high. I, I'm just out, out of question. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe slightly lower. You know, Link has also had innumerable sequels and, you know, it's true. A continuation of a character. character yeah. yeah. So maybe a slightly different look on it. But. And a fan but, base that's been clamoring for more media outside of games yeah. for years. Like people have wanted a Zelda movie since forever. Yeah. 
I would put him close to the same level of familiarity. I was, I was just about to say yeah, that the iconography it. definitely yeah. like there's. I guess that would be the thing that I would I would say is that the the sheer recognizability of this now is not something I actually thought that it would become. Like if you would have asked me then, I don't think I would have said this game would have lasted like this until it continued to. I just didn't think it was like I I played all those other games and I loved everything, but I always loved this game the most and to see what it became and to know that I wasn't the only person that wanted more story for these characters and wanted to see them again and again and again, like it was cool. So I'm, I'm glad we've gotten to the place now, 20 years on where there is a desire to see this again, even if it is again, like we can, we can run through the the same playbook, but I'm always here for it. Like I, I, I am, love this. And I am personally super happy that it is a remake and not a sequel because sequels ruin things. We all know that, you know, Final so, Fantasy X2. Right. So we just want Look, you know, Final Fantasy X2 is not terrible. That game is fun. That game is dumb. <laughs> hey, let's all let's all go watch Advent Children. The dress. System, <laughs> that sounds that sounds like the dress idea. system is stupid. Don't don't mar this. Don't mar this by being mean at the end. Let's be happy. Let's be happy about what brought us here. We can argue about this off mic. I do like the character. Oh, and pain. everybody, make go make sure to um, buy your Butterfingers and Crunch Bars <laughs> because you get an exclusive PlayStation theme. Yeah, if you buy two Butterfinger or Crunch Bars and register online for it, Square will send you a dynamic theme for your PS4 that is Tifa themed. So just like the cloud one that already exists, you get a Tifa background and some Tifa theme playing for you. I think, I think I it is redesigned Tifa with her new boobs. So just be prepared. It is redesigned Tifa. The boobs are smaller. Guys, it's okay. Her it's back okay. hurts. She needed She to still it's has fine. breasts. They're not gone, but they are proper, functional, <laughs> normal looking. Can and, you even imagine? They'll just take a minute. Uh, if they did to the think remake of the remake with the, the same. The same. Oh, oh, my man. God. Anyway. They, that's a lot of processing. I'm fine with it. Tifa was always more to me than just her boobs. Well, that's comforting. That's very nice of you, John. Boobs. Yeah. I'm an Aris guy anyway. Anyway. We know. That was, You're an Aris guy? That was our discussion about Final Fantasy VII. Jesus Christ, we covered a lot of stuff. I still don't feel like we hit everything, so if there is something that we missed, Roger, could you tell the people maybe some places that they could interact with us on? Maybe find some places to talk to us absolutely you can find us on twitter at over under fair you can find us on spotify itunes podbean versus our home and you can always find us of course as part of the make fun network variety of shows so yeah shout us out in the facebook group over there at make yep. fun network we got a we have our own facebook page you can talk to us there yep no shortage of places oh and over under fair pod at gmail.com exactly. also a place to receive Receive and send messages from this podcast. Bingo. Please do that and let us know. Please leave us a review. Yeah, man. We love we love feedback. We love to have you have your voice part of the podcast. Tell us if you loved us, if you hated us. It's true. Even if the review is just how you pronounce Eris. <laughs> yeah, we'll accept that too. This was fun and involved, and I think we covered enough. <laughs> <laughs> Do you and think? then some. <laughs> I, I mean, I could talk about Final Fantasy for 17 more hours, but we're going to stick it to the time we have. So I want to thank both of you for coming back on. Uh, Josh, it's been I, a pleasure. I want to apologize again for the scheduling conflict, but this ended up working in our benefit because the game got delayed another month. Yep, absolutely. So that's okay. My only question is, when are we doing our Steel Magnolias episode? Yeah, you're right. I promised you that. Well, Lacey has to be there for that one. Uh, Lacey could not be here because she has never played this game and <laughs> will not. So that's that's where we are with that. 
but she sends her regards. She'll be back very soon. Jess, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. It's been it's been super fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to be able to share this mania with you because it would be a lot harder to probably tone myself down than I would want to if you didn't love this. Yeah, I so know. So it's it nice, nice that we both share this. It's not going to be nice when we have to share the PlayStation, but... I was going to ask about that and how that yeah, was going to work. Yeah, it's true. Well, I work a lot, so you'll have a lot of time yeah. to yourself. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's going to get ugly. I hope there's... Is there, we'll are there multiple saves? Oh, my God. Yeah, we might have to buy another PlayStation. Well, <laughs> until then, <laughs> uh, again, thanks to both of you and this has been great so for everybody and for final fantasy 7 god bless you i'm so excited for this remake and this was a wonderful conversation and that's over under fair we'll see you next time